what should I introduce you as? Do you have a title that you want me to say? I don't. Should I say I student at Carroll College or just student? It's Carroll University. Um, oh yeah. But, um, Is it university? Yeah, you can in- or like, introduce. What me. are you going for? Uh, I'm going for PPE, which is, uh, philo- oh my god, look at this mess I'm making, philosophy, politics, and economics, so you can um, do with that information what you will. Okay. How about you surprise me? Okay. I'll you just introduce you. me and I'll just... How do you say your last name? Endress. Endress. Yes. I was always thinking it was like Andres. Yeah, everybody does that. It's <laughs> just, it's almost entirely phonetic. Yep. Endress. Like technically, if you were to do it fully phonetic, it'd be Endress, but Endress, Endress, same thing. Everybody who says like Enders, Andreas, Andreas, it's terrible. Welcome to the Regular People Podcast. I'm Wade Allen, and today I'm joined by Caden Endres. He is a philosophy, politics, and what was the last one? Economics. Economics yeah. student. And we're going to be talking about a wide variety of topics today. Yep. But first, before we actually talk about anything... Just so the listener has a better idea of like who you are, what have you been doing for the past like five years of your life? Oh, wow. That's a big... See, usually people ask me like, what have you been doing lately? And I struggle with that question because it seems like it, there would be easy answers to that, but I, I never know what I'm doing lately. Uh, over the past five years though, let's see. Well, I graduated high school because I'm, uh, I'm just... I'm going into my sophomore year at Carroll. So, you know, I've been... Quite the young boy. Yeah, yeah. I turned 20 in a few days, so that's kind of exciting. What day? Uh, the 18th. So, I know um, so many people with August birthdays. Yeah, I feel like I do too. I suppose Valentine's Day though. Not, wait, no, that's six months. It's a <laughs> short gestation. <laughs> yeah, I, for, I forgot how pregnancy works. That's fine. Um, but no, like I've been uh, doing a lot of things, I guess. Just, you know, the things high schoolers do, I suppose. I've had jobs and uh, I met Wade working a job. That was always a good time. I've uh, Oh, well, I had an internship with uh, the Wisconsin Conservation Voters. For about two years, I started that the summer after my senior year of high school, and I continued that for all of my first year of college, and that was um that was pretty enjoyable. We did um I started at the Green Bay office, and we were just doing a number of things. I think the coolest thing we worked on though was we did this um we collected a bunch of data from people in the Brown County area about how they felt about a variety of you know green things you know so having better public transit, having better agricultural standards and stuff like that. And then we used the data and responses we got from that to sort of develop a report for politicians in the Brown County area. So like, you know, for multiple cities in Brown County, as well as like the Brown County board and delivered that. So that was kind of cool. And that was kind of, I feel like the most impactful thing we did there. What did they do with that? You know, they read it. And uh, the idea was that they would (laughs) possibly they could have some of the uh, Republicans probably did. But the idea was that they read it and that they would, you know, use that then to craft some laws because because the idea right is that politicians are supposed to be for the people and they're supposed to do things that the people want so if you deliver them information that says hey a lot of your constituents would really like you to have a better pub have better public transit have curbside compost more electric car, car charging stations then that they will do that if they want to be reelected. the local politics level that's generally i think more effective because I think like, you know, United States Senator is only kind of like partially indebted to their constituents. Whereas like local like board officials, I think it's a lot more close to home, you know, like you can go visit your local board member and harass them if you so choose. So Yeah. But then how many people actually vote for the local stuff? Mostly old people, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I guess I, I suppose at the same time, though, 
most of the people who fill out our surveys are also the people who vote in local elections, right? So, you, like, did you seek out old people? We didn't seek out old people. Um, but uh, as it turns out, a lot of the people whose contact information we have is old people and a few middle-aged and young people who um, are kind enough to fill out our surveys when we bug them about it. But but again, it's I guess I feel, the way I feel about it is like if you're bothered enough to fill out a a local survey about how you feel about green transitioning you're probably bothered enough to vote in local elections. Well, did you go to the people with these surveys, like, physically? I wasn't actually with the conservation voters when they, they distributed them. But, like, somebody was there, like, giving this stuff to people? Because um, imagine that is kind of different then, because yeah. if somebody's coming up to you with the thing you fill out, you might feel strongly about it, but do you feel strongly enough to actually move yourself physically to the voting stations? Well, later? so, okay, so no, because what it, what it was is it was, like, sent out in an email, because um, oh, okay. what, what I had to do initially was there was this big awful Excel sheet where I had to like sort responses, you know, by positive or negative feedback. Because people just write things in as well as check boxes, you know, it was a mixture. Um, so it was like a form people filled out. But I don't know, like I feel like most people don't feel bothered enough to write out answers on a survey that they're sent in an email. Like, I don't know. M- maybe you have a different opinion, but that's how I feel. I feel like most people don't do that stuff. And we didn't get a lot of responses either. I think we had like 50 or 60, I guess. That's my line of reasoning. Is that if you're bothered yeah, enough you're to probably do that. more likely to be voting. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not saying it's like exact, but I feel like when I ask the question, "What have you been doing with the last five years of your life?" People seem to so far be taking that mostly to mean, "What have you been doing professionally?" Oh, do you think that's implied yeah. in the question? Should I rephrase that question? That's a good point. Um, well, I think it's more that people feel the need because they don't want to like undersell themselves. Maybe it's that people don't think that anybody cares about their personal lives. Yeah. Like when someone asks you what you're doing, especially like if you say over the last five years, that sounds super like interview-esque. I guess it does. And so people are thinking like, all right, what are my accomplishments that I've made? What have I been doing to better the world or myself? Yeah. Because I mean, I guess I'm interested in people's professional lives, but I'm also kind of asking like, yeah, how have you changed as a person? Oh man, I've changed so much. I think that's because it's that stage in your life though, where you do change a lot, you know, from high school to adulthood. Like for example, okay. So like when I went into, this is kind of funny. When I was in like eighth grade and ninth grade, I was like, me and my friends were like these kids, right? Where we listened to, uh, we really liked like old, old hip hop, like in the nineties, you know, like Tupac and Biggie. And we were of the opinion that that was the only good kind of music. Like modern rappers were trash. Every other kind of music was bad. Like that was my whole personality, right? (laughs) No, yeah, it was really funny and weird. Uh, But like, you know, you're, you're like, you know, a young lad. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. That was like most of that. And then like, I don't know, freshman, sophomore year, I was, in, I started getting interested, you know, because like you kind of like are interested in what your friends are interested in, you know, you guys kind of grow together, you know, like yeah. a cute little Birds flock. Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. I never heard that, but yeah. You've never heard that? No. Oh. It disturbs me, actually. That I've never heard that? No. The, the, the saying itself disturbs me. Why? Anyway, continue. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I'd like to revisit that, but yeah, yeah. So anyways, and so then I started getting into like, um, like fashion and stuff like that. In what way? Like, um, are you making clothes? Like, some of my friends were. That's cool. Yeah, which was kind of cool. And some of them still do. So, so I was getting into that, you know, just like looking at like cool clothes, you know, and buying them and looking at stuff, you know, that that kind of thing. And that was like pretty much most of high school. And then like senior year, I started getting a lot more interested. Into hard drugs? Yes. No. Um, I got more interested in like, you know, politics and like things that matter in the world, you know, and affect people. And so I started... Well, the other thing too was that because I'd kind of like not, I was always kind of like, you know, not really too sure what I wanted to do after high school, um, but I was, I'd always been loosely interested in politics. So senior year, I kind of, I got, I not only got really into politics, 
I got really into like actually trying in school because so I, I never got into that. We'll see. Yeah, right. Well, so I I, I kind of suffered from like that thing that people talk about on Twitter all the time, where like when you're in elementary school and you're like slightly above average, everyone treats you like you're super smart because like you read at a higher reading level or whatever. Yeah. You know, so so I had that whole thing going on in elementary school, and middle school, and so I get to high school thinking like oh, I don't have to try. You know, I never had to try at school. You just kind of do it. You get decent grades. Well, you had to kind of try a little bit in high school, which I found out. I realized that if I wanted to actually go to like a half decent college, I should probably, you know, really crack down my senior year because I actually want to do something with my life, you know? And and like, I always knew that I wanted to do something with my life. I just didn't know. I, I wasn't making the connection, you know, I was more concerned. Are there many people who think I don't want to do anything with my life? <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I read something on Reddit the other day about a guy who was like, he genuinely like just wanted to, the ideal way of living for him would be living in his mom's basement and just like hanging out, playing video games, doing whatever. Like he said, he just literally didn't like adult life. There was a lot of upvotes. I mean, so, there's something to be said for that. Just kind of living in the moment, enjoying what you got. Yeah, yeah. Like he just, he wasn't interested in working. He didn't really like, oh, he, who um, is? huh? <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> Anyways, so it was kind of a tangent, but um, like, yeah, so I, so I, I sort of okay, like, I see what you're saying, actually putting an effort in at my schoolwork and um, that worked out shockingly enough. And that's actually kind of how I ended up at Carroll was because I didn't really know what I wanted to major in. What did you decide? Well, I initially wanted to do political science, right? But the issue was a lot of people were like, well, what are you going to do with political science? Are you going to teach it? I didn't really want to be a teacher. And so I was trying to look for something more applicable, you know, maybe double major. I knew economics. I just kind of knew it was kind of generally fairly useful for a lot of things. And so I was looking for like degrees relating to politics and economics. And I found PPE and I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world because philosophy is awesome. Economics is useful for politics and so is philosophy and all that stuff. So... I was, I just typed in, you know, Wisconsin schools with PPE and Carol's the only one. The only one? Yeah. In Wisconsin. They, it's, it's only at a few schools in the country, but um, at like in England, it's, it's pretty popular. Like Oxford university, like there's a lot of people who do PPE. Go there for your graduate. Maybe I should. Is it, I feel like it's expensive though. I suppose if I do well in college though, I could get some grants because my, my, my high school is, my high school record is going to get me anywhere. <laughs> it's really bad. Like I, I had a 2.5 for the first three years. And then um, senior year, when I actually started, like, you know, putting an effort in, I had all A's. So that bumped it up to, like, 2.77. But even then, like, that's nothing special. And my ACT was, like, you know, just kind of half decent. So Did you score better than the average monkey? I did. I got a 25. It's so. only, what, uh, seven points better than the average monkey? Oh, I thought you meant that, like, uh, metaphorically, like you were referring to the average American as the average monkey. No, you mean, I mean literal, literal monkeys. monkeys. Get 18? I think so. I, I know some people who got, like, 12. <laughs> you, like, that's worse than random that's really funny actually i didn't know that i know like a lot of people i might be off by a few points but i know a lot of people who scored like around 18 or lower well not a lot but i like a fair number yeah, like you can get an 18 by just guessing for every <laughs> that's question. so bad and what's sad about that is the 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 average for like an american student is 20 <laughs> that's really unfortunate i'll have to double check that one so listener don't take that as a yeah maybe take complete that knowledge salt. look it up yourself and find out what the number is but still yeah, yeah. it's monkeys do pretty well good for them Speaking of monkeys, I actually learned something the other day about um a lot of coconut milk actually isn't vegan. Is it monkey milk? Well, it's not monkey milk, but it's monkey sourced milk. Like in, in Thailand, pretty much any coconut milk you get from Thailand, like all the companies there use monkeys to get the coconuts from the trees. Like they use monkey labor, which I didn't know was a thing, but they use monkey labor. And so like, I don't, I haven't really gotten around to like figuring out where you can get ethically sourced coconut milk. But yeah, no, like technically speaking, like all the stuff from Thailand and a lot of stuff from other Southeast Asian countries, they use monkey labor. It's 
bizarre. Yeah, well, this is why Reddit, I think, is a great app, because I learned so much. Yeah, I feel like you learn stuff on Reddit, but then half of it is actually not true. No, but I looked it up. Well, yeah, that's good. Like, you see something yeah, on Reddit, but, you but, look but it up I see a different point. source. But yeah, yeah. If you I, just point. look at Reddit only, then I feel like pretty misled. Yeah, I think it's a better source for information than Facebook is, but no less, you should still. And check. Reddit still annoys me because it's that whole, like, forming, like, a echo chamber for yourself. Echo chamber, yeah. yeah. So even if you don't have an account or you aren't signed into your account and you look at it, like, through your, I don't know, IP address or your mm-hmm. specific phone... Reddit will still track what you like and what you spend time looking at. So it'll still form specific, it'll sh- still show you specific things based off of a sort of... Um, well, are you talking about like on like the like the trending page? Because I, I stay just, on my homepage with it has my, the one I, like the subreddits I'm in. But I feel like sure. if you make an active... You could, yeah, you could like specifically join subreddits and then those are going to be the ones that show up. But even if you don't do that and you mm-hmm. just don't log in and you just look at stuff, mm-hmm. it'll learn from what you look at and show you more of that. Yeah, which I mean, yeah. Which, which makes really sense. annoys me. Yeah, well, but you could also just, if it annoys you, pers- does it annoy you because you're worried about other people getting misinformation or does it annoy you because no, you I'm, want I'm like, it's diverse... making me get just... like misinformation or like, because if you only see something of a certain subject yeah, and, th- and then you see that more and more, it seems like it's more of a thing in reality than it actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're currently, you're always oh, yeah, getting yeah, like shown that. like catastrophic news and it shows you more of that because that's what you click on. Yeah. So it seems like the world is more. Yeah. That's a, there's a more and more like horrible for that. It's something biased, but yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, but I also feel like though you could, you could still make an effort though to not have that problem by just joining a variety of subreddits. Yeah. It's, it's still like all these websites are still trying to form. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't think of a whole lot of words. Algorithm. Right yeah, it's like an algorithm. It's it's like you've you've got your profile and it's trying mm-hmm. to most like show show you best what you're going to click on. Mm-hmm. And then it's always like updating itself. So it's always trying to like pigeonhole you into what you've liked before yeah. no, and no, show you more mean. of that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can make efforts to avoid that, but it's still going to follow you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's always going to be at least a few steps behind you, like trailing you all this like, hey, you like this because you've seen it before. Do you also have that problem with Google? Do you wish they didn't do that? Yeah, Google... Do you, do you use DuckDuckGo? I mean, no, I still use Google because in a lot of ways it is helpful because, you know, yeah. if you are thinking about a certain subject and you type in things like that don't explicitly have to deal with that subject, mm-hmm. it knows to show you stuff like that because you have been looking it up in the past day or two. So like if you're, I don't know, look, looking for a specific... dogs. Yeah, if you're looking for like dogs, you could type in... I don't know, a type of breed of dog. Like you could type in, mm-hmm. I don't even know any breeds of dogs. This is a bad example. Yeah, no, I'm really bad at that. Labradors. That's a breed, right? Sure. Or like a dog that like, say, is the name of a car and the name of a dog. Oh. If you've been looking right. up a lot of dogs, mm-hmm. you just type in that word without the word dog there. It'll, it'll show you the dog version, That's but not true. the car version. Yeah, like say there's a dog called like a Chevy dog and you yeah. want to find the Chevy dog, not a Chevy car. You, you only have to type in oh, Chevy you. because you've already been searching dogs before. No, yeah, that makes sense. So it learns and it shows you relevant information because it guesses at what you're actually trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. It's also an, like annoying when you're trying to find out things that like are different from what you've mm-hmm. just been looking at, such as like scientific research or like... Any information that, like, is trying to combat, like, confirmation bias, mm-hmm. Google's trying to, and all these other search... Kind of eliminates that, they, yeah. they, like, put you into your confirmation bias even more. Yeah. So yeah, it's harder they, to they, find, They like, kind of force you into an echo chamber, I see what yeah. you mean, yeah. 
for instance, like if you have been looking at like all these reasons why veganism is horrible yeah. and then all of a sudden you want to find one reason why it's good. Good luck. It's, you're going to have to dig. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Like it's helpful in some ways, but it's a real drawback in others, how they all try to mm -hmm. customize it to you specifically instead of just looking at what's the totality of what's there. You know? Yeah, that's true. I definitely see that as an issue with like a lot of like the access we have to like kind of infinite information nowadays. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. It's, it's, but I you think have... if you're really trying to look for something in good faith, you'll find it. Yeah. It just takes more effort. Yeah. Well, and, and the other problem too is a lot of people aren't looking for things in good faith. They just want to, yeah. they want to confirm what they believe. Yeah. And I, I get the problem too, because like with a search engine, you have basically infinite information and most of it is garbage or mm -hmm. most of it is not helpful to you for what you're looking for. So then if there's a certain article that, most people click on that'll be put up to the top of the list on, on your search mm -hmm. and even if that's not what you were looking for that's going to show up because most other people look at it too so it's like of all the tons and tons of information that's here this is what was used the most often mm -hmm. so we're going to put it to the top all the time even if it's not actually what you need to find right now yeah and it really but. sucks too when it's like uh poorly written articles with just like a clickbaity title yeah i hate clickbait it just grinds my gears yeah I think it's so dumb. Yeah, and that's that's kind of something I've seen a lot personally on Reddit. Like there are yeah. shared articles and then like the person writes the title, like mm -hmm. this happened. And then you actually read the article and it's like, well, not quite. Eh, yeah, it didn't really happen the way you've said it. And a lot of people, me included half the time, will see those like little Reddit posts about articles. And mm -hmm. I don't really care enough to actually read the whole article. So I just see the headline and then, you know, yeah, I try to think like, intentionally like that's probably not exactly what happened but even still just your exposure to all these mm -hmm. headlines kind of informs what you actually believe right right yeah you like you'll just kind of like passively be like oh huh like you know if it aligns with you what you already believe you're going to be like oh that's true because yeah. like yeah generally i'm not going to click on it either unless i plan it unless i find it to be so egregious that i need to yeah. share it with somebody or so fascinating that like yeah. i need to read more well, about like because I, I saw an article on twitter the other day that the headline was claiming that ice was electing to simply just not test the immigrants being detained because if they tested them they knew that they'd have some positive cases and they don't have the housing capabilities to isolate those who test positive for coronavirus or yeah for yeah no for coronavirus so instead of like you know testing people and trying to find a how like a solution to house these people they just chose not to test and i'm like you're kidding me so I clicked on the article and I read it, and that was, in fact, what was happening. So it was the case? The headline was correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's because I was like, I looked at that, and I was like, no way. Like, there's got to be a silver lining here. That's that's misleading. And I, and I read it, and that's exactly what they were doing. They were like, well, we don't have, like, you know, any way to really isolate these people. So instead of, like, you know, being creative or requesting more funding to isolate the people who tested positive for coronavirus, we're just going to not test anyone. I mean, isn't that really the stance of America as a whole? Right, no, yeah, right it, now, it, anyway. I guess it, it doesn't necessarily... Just don't test people and there's no cases? Yeah, I actually, I thought I, I glanced at something earlier that was mentioning about how, like, Trump had wanted to just, like, not test people. Yeah, or no, the yeah, cases no, will go down. Yeah, well, no, it, it was about how hospitals were instructed to, like, not report positive cases to yeah. the government. I just, <laughs> oh my god. Donald Trump really, like... You'd think it would stop surprising me the things he does and says, but it doesn't. He never ceases to amaze me. And then people who are like, who support Donald Trump will like almost always say it's like, oh, the economy or oh, trade. It's like, oh, okay. So even if we say that Donald Trump is the sole reason for the good economy and an allegedly good trade deal, like that's more important than human rights and climate change and a lot of other terrible things that he does. I mean, come on. Well, climate change isn't real. Everybody knows that. Oh 
Just people who tell me that, I just that's the I have to I have to I mean, I feel like the average Trump supporter is probably a climate change denier. Probably. Or at least maybe they they say it exists but it's not caused by man, you know. Yeah. There's a really good subreddit I'm in called Ask a Trump Supporter. Where when things happen people will just ask a Trump supporter and you get to hear a lot of interesting takes. Some of the people on that I've actually found are really smart and insightful and others are just like, Wow. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, like but yeah, my girlfriend's dad doesn't believe in climate change and uh have you or her made any efforts to like oh yeah all the time show him well, that I, I, I i did it once she does it all the time because she lives with him it was actually kind of bad because the first time i'd kind of like really sat down and met her family this was like two years ago he right just starts talking about climate change. well so it was for her birthday dinner at this thai restaurant and she told her parents ahead of time please because she knew that i'm you know a liberal her parents are republicans and she said please don't talk about politics at the table you know i just want to have a nice time and she told me the same thing. Well, apparently when we got there, we found out, like Emma and I had found out that I guess her mom's cousin was also coming for some reason. And she's like, like, cause you know, there's Republicans and then there's like diehard Trump supporters. Like, I, th- I think you can draw a line, yeah. right? And she's like the diehard Trump supporter type, right? And I sit down and I, I swear to you, this woman didn't ask me what my name was. She didn't ask me what school I go to, what I like to do. The first thing she ever said to me was, how do you feel about Trump? I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, I can't lie to this woman. Like, I'm not going to lie. But I just want to talk. So I just, I, I said, man, that, that kind of sounds like a loaded question. I'm not really sure how to answer that. And that's kind of how the ball got rolling. And it delved into this whole thing the whole time we talked about politics. Her, well, because her dad was saying like, oh, there was this scientific study and they, they found that the, the glaciers are actually... They're getting bigger, which, and he showed me the study and there was a study. Uh, and the two things I would just say on that was first, the scientist who did the study was worried that when he released it, climate change deniers would use it to deny climate change. And secondly, another report just came out that I saw a headline for like a week ago that the glaciers in Antarctica are melting faster than they're growing. So yes, in some parts they are growing, Uh-oh. but overall it's shrinking more so. So. so it was like just pointing out a small instance of... Yeah, like the, the, there's 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 a small instance somewhere in Antarctica yeah. where the glaciers are increasing in size. Yeah. But overall, they're losing more than they're gaining. That's I think that's a common thing among climate change deniers is like ignoring the overall trend yeah, and pointing anecdotal out little evidence. things. I find the same thing with people who are very anti-immigration is they'll point out anecdotal evidence of why immigration is bad for the economy. But like a meta-analysis will show you that it is overall generally good for the economy. Like I saw a, um, or I was listening to a, a debate the other day where they were talking about it. It was, uh, it was between Vosh and Sargon of Akkad, right? They were supposed, to, it was, I didn't like the debate because I think Vosh was being very like combative, which kind of annoyed me because I, he was making good points, but he was covering that up with like attacking Sargon like violently, basically. But the whole thing, like when they were talking about immigration was like a big sticking point for Sargon was that like Vosh was pointing out that like the meta-analysis you know, shows that immigration is good for the economy on essentially all fronts. And the only economic loss that you see is there is a 2% average decrease in wages for like extremely low level workers. And so Sargon was saying that like, he doesn't care what everything else is, any loss for like the bottom tier of society is a bad thing. And it's like, I understand where he's coming from, you know, especially because like when you're in extreme poverty, any loss of wages is a big deal, right? But 2% is pretty marginal. And granted, you know, he would say, well, you know, 2% is 2%. But Vosh was trying to say that, like, 
because overall the economy does much, much better. You know, it's not just a 2% increase that it, it will still affect those low wage workers positively because of like, you know, lower prices and stuff like that or something. I mean, that's kind of reminds me of the whole trickle down economics. Thing. I, you know, and I was thinking the same thing. He was basically just, he, he did seem to be describing trickle down economics. It's not a topic that I am well versed in enough to say whether or not that it is definitely trickle down economics or it's just like, you know, of the same vein, but no, I I, I see what you're saying because it does sound like Although it's, it's not quite the same because it's not like giving money to rich people. It's yeah. like giving money to most people, kind of. Yeah, because it's 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 essentially instead of saying give money to the the top of society and it will trickle down to the bottom, it's saying give money to society as a whole and it will affect. So I suppose it makes more sense than trickle down. Yeah, it still just had. Slight vibes of that to me. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, no, no, I, I see where you're coming because I, because I, I had the same idea. Yeah. Is there any limit to, to this effect with uh, immigration? Because that's something people are often worried about is like, how many people should we allow into the country kind of thing? So oh. if the economy improves because of immigration, is there, mm-hmm. is there a turning point to like where that's no longer true? Like if you have... Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't... Because so immigration is kind of one of those things where like, because you, you can really only educate yourself deeply on a handful of issues unless you really dedicate a lot of your time to just knowing about everything uh and so immigration is one of those things where i haven't really ever felt super passionate about so i haven't taken the time to know much so frankly i don't know but if i had to guess i would say no i mean i don't see why like what would be a problem with having like just unlimited immigration well i mean because i haven't thought this through very well so we can just talk about yeah sure because you could be right i don't know I mean, I'm not really anti-immigration. I'm, just, I'm. No, I would yeah, say, I, I would say I'm not quite um, all the way liberal uh-huh. with immigration. Definitely not all the way right. I'm it's probably somewhere in the middle. Dirty like, centrist. <laughs> I think immigration is good, but I feel like it should be limited to. Yeah. Um, because I guess the worry is, like, if you don't have a cap, say yearly on a yearly basis, mm-hmm. if you don't have any cap of how many people you're going to let into your country from mm-hmm. other countries, then like the volatility of the social changes or economic changes can't really be controlled. Or not like controlled as well. So like say if you're only going to let in 10,000 refugees into your country this year mm-hmm. versus if you're going to let in an unlimited number, the society will look really different the following year. Yeah. And that's what's happening in like Germany or France. That's true. Is like the expectation is in the next like 20 years, France will be Muslim majority majority oh, country. That's interesting. Yeah. Which does worry me. Why? Well, religion itself is a problem. In oh, my eyes. no, that's true. Okay. And I don't think, of all religions, Islam is a particularly great one. Yeah. I don't think Christianity is a great one either. Yeah. So really, like right now, France is a pretty atheist country. Yeah. So going from heavily atheist Mm -hmm. to heavily Muslim doesn't really strike me as a good thing. So just like if if the Netherlands went from heavily atheist to heavily Christian, I would be like, that's not good. I see what you mean. I want to bounce back on the immigration thing in the U.S. real quick, and then yeah. I want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. So I just I agree with what you're saying though. With like you know, if we get too many refugees, you know, especially like financially speaking, you know, that, that costs money to give them a lot of because generally refugees aren't coming here wealthy. They're refugees, you know, they don't have any money. So like, I think unfortunately it's used as sort of like a uh, a deflection by a lot of Republicans because yeah. an easy solution to this would be to stop spending so much money bombing these countries yeah. or supporting the militias that yeah. are bombing these countries so that we don't have to pay for these refugees because now we're just paying twice we're paying for the bombs then we're paying yeah. for the refugees you could just not pay well, for either well they, and i think they would like to pay for the bombs and then not allow the refugees in well i, I know that's what they want to do so they, they want to pay they, they, they want to blow up the brown people and yeah. get the oil that's fine 
I don't agree that's with fine. it. <laughs> <laughs> like if that's your like I think if that is your take on it, I think that that's awful. Yeah. But at least be honest about it because they oh, won't yeah. tell you that. They, yeah, they don't. Because that's 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 what they're doing. You know. So th- so that's interesting because I don't because I I agree with you that I think religion is bad. Islam is bad. But do you think though that the um the institutions that France has in place would really allow religion to because in- like I can see you know if religion permeates their culture you know whatever I guess. Because my primary concern is religion permeating the government, but I think that they have a good enough institutions that they would be okay. Well, that's the thing that happens is, I mean, it might not become a theocracy or anything, but <laughs> it's it's like if you have a large influx of people from a different culture, no matter what that culture is, coming into a voting district, that voting mm-hmm. district changes in favor of, you know, that large influx of people. So if those people yeah. coming in are a lot more conservative and like intolerant mm. of maybe like gay people. Yeah, that's true. Then you're just, like the laws in your society start to change in favor of eliminating gay people yeah. which has has been happening in these yeah like I think, refugee territory mm-hmm. areas in like scandinavian countries i think that um a, a position that people don't take often enough but they should especially in france because i think you make a good point is that we should be radically pro refugee and helping people yeah. who are impoverished while also being radically against religion you know yeah like i'm okay with helping you but like at the same time, I do have because I, I I share that concern right where I don't want them voting away gay rights, you know, yeah. like that would be bad, and other you know just stupid traditional and, values generally. And that's why I think like the I guess the centrist idea was to allow refugees but allow them in like limitation, mm-hmm. because then the idea is instead of having a like large group of people with different ideas than you have coming in and changing your legislation all at once. You have them come in slowly and by them like being in less numbers, like if a bunch of Americans are going to go mm-hmm. to France, we'll start spreading our like obesity. Yeah. So to stop the spread of obesity in France, you have to keep like, the you have to limit the amount of Americans coming in mm-hmm. so that they will become more like French people than stay like Americans. You know, the, the assimilation kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay. So if you allow whole like swaths of Americans to come into France mm-hmm. all at once, they'll like have strength in numbers kind of thing and like they won't really change their beliefs at all because they're backed up by all the people they came with and then you know you get those like areas of towns that are just entirely one group of people which i mean is never good it's like self-imposed segregation yeah so if you just allow people to come in like in the smaller numbers Mm -hmm. they'll blend in with the rest and it'll become more of a melting pot idea rather than just like strict borders like this is anti-gay town yeah (laughs) yeah right that's interesting because I the assimilation thing is something that I'm not sure where I stand on because on one hand I I don't want to tell anyone you know like well, if so, you live here you can't have your culture no I think the thing and, is it's not forced assimilation mm-hmm. you're not like you're not the Native Americans yeah you're not telling anybody to do anything it's just mm-hmm. like natural assimilation just the fact oh, okay. that you are surrounded by more people who are dis who are not like you mm-hmm. than people who are like you yeah you become part of them so it's not like I'm saying you're gonna go to jail unless you start accepting gay people in your neighborhood it's just the fact that you are the minority in your neighborhood so you have to adapt to the pre-existing majority do you think this should be true for any time a refugee is entering or just an immigrant period is entering any new area like are you saying we should try to we should try to keep the culture of every country regardless of the culture or are you just saying you like france's culture and you don't want 
specific cultures changing. No, I, I think it'd be predominantly a case by case basis where yeah. you look at like the pros and cons of the pre existing culture. Yeah, because I think cultures can definitely be bad. Yeah, I think yeah. people often don't want to say that like, oh, that culture sucks. But like, yeah, like, some like, cultures like to stone people, which I don't know. Right. But I just feel like that's bad. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that that's totally true. And like, there's definitely times where an influx of immigrants could probably change a culture for the better, and mm-hmm. that's probably happened plenty of times. Yeah. But like with that, you have to acknowledge that the reverse, the reverse happens too, mm-hmm. and you have to ward against that. Yeah, no, totally. That the uh, thing about cultures that reminds me. So like a month ago, I was getting really into reggae music for a while. I listened to a lot of reggae because reg- like it's good music, right? And uh, I'm thinking like, man, they're just you know they're either just like super chill or like they're trying to start a political revolution. Both of those things I think are cool. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, reggae is heavily associated with like Rastafarianism, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, let me look into this. So I looked into Rastafarianism. And um, so from what I understand is the big thing is that it's about um, like they believe that like all black people should sort of like, you know, eventually go back to Africa. Really? Yes. Which sounds really racist if you're not black. Like, oh, yeah, I think black people should go to Africa. Back to, oh, like, like if a white person thought that same thing? Yeah. be racist? Yeah. Which and, and that wasn't really even my point of contention. My point of contention was that as a white person. Holding that belief just seems strange to me. And yeah. like, it, it doesn't even seem like my place. Like, I don't care if you want to go back to your homeland. If you want to, good for you. If you don't, fine. Um, so that just seemed like a weird thing for me to do. And also, apparently it's, ex- it's like super patriarchal, you know? Yeah. Like the man is the breadwinner, all that kind of stuff. And so then I was like, okay, so maybe, you know, I won't get into Rastafarianism. But, it, <laughs> you know, but I, I looked into it. And another thing, too, that I think also has to do with like the heavy, you know, patriarchal values that uh, Rastafarians hold is in Jamaica, you know, you'd think it's a pretty chill place, but they're like violently anti-gay there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, like people I never get beat really up in the streets a... by mobs. Yeah, I never really thought of uh, Jamaica as a chill place. Really? It's got a high murder rate. Does it really? See, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I guess I, I kind of always have this like ideal, idealistic image of Jamaica where it's just a bunch of you know dudes and dreads like smoking, smoking weed. weed and yeah. you know tapping the bongo drums, yeah. which is obviously like. <laughs> obviously untrue but that's just i don't know the belief i, I mean, held in my head sure and there are those guys and then there are also people who murder people yeah yeah so it's uh, yeah it was shocking to me to find out i mean that's not to say america is much better we've got a high yeah. murder rate too this that's isn't, true. this isn't a great country either yeah but what's interesting speaking of like comparative like countries yeah because i'm in a subreddit just keep talking about reddit here like where people just post unpopular opinions and yeah. somebody had mentioned that comparatively speaking america is not a very racist country to like all other countries no not to all other countries but to uh to other first world countries so to speak right because obviously like you know some very rural countries are gonna be pretty bad but... racist in belief or racist in effect because racist, racist in culture because i feel like um if you look at like scandinavian countries they, mm-hmm. they could seem racist in effect because they are like white predominance yeah but i would find it hard to believe that they're actually like hold racist values it's just more of a circumstantial thing whereas america seems more likely to Mm-hmm. The average citizen actually holds racist values then. But is that just because you live here and you experience Could racist... Be. Yeah, because I think the point that the author was making... And they, they you know, linked a bunch of sources that I didn't yeah. click on. You know? <laughs> okay. I just I saw the blue text. I was like, okay, there's a source. There are sources. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this, I don't know if the source is, you know, like, uh, like Fox News or whatever, but it's a source. Um, but the point they're making, right, is that, like, most of the people in America, because America is really diverse too, compared yeah. to a lot of like European countries, are generally actively like even if because obviously like the author wasn't denying, and nor am I, that pretty much all Americans hold inherent racial bias, and we do have racist institutions, and we have a lot of we still do have problems, and like we have room to improve in terms of race relations. But comparatively speaking, 
Like it's, it would be unfair to say that America is like this, the most racist country on earth. Like our, our culture is extremely ready to try to be non-racist. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's the most racist country on earth. Yeah, like, like, like think about it. There's no strong Black Lives Matter movement in like really any other European country. Is that true? Yeah. Also, is it, so. but is it as necessary in those countries? Well, that's a good point. And I, and I guess I don't know because I don't know enough about European politics. From what I've heard, though, is the, the like, the British media is, like, super awful. Like, they're super racist. Yeah. They're super there's, just, like, not... a lot of the right-wing British uh, yeah. Boris Johnson guys. Yeah. Boris Johnson's hair is so funny. I don't know what his hair looks like. You've never seen his hair? I probably have. I just, I don't, it's, I can't it's just, it my It's mind. in a constant, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't, like, draw the shape of it, but it's just in a constant state of disarray. And it's like it's not like Bernie's hair, where he, does Bernie, Bernie's not bald. Bernie doesn't have hair, basically. He like he has a little bit. But yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Like Bernie's hair of. is messy, but it's because there's not much. Yeah. Boris Johnson has a full head of hair, and he will walk out with just like a tuft sticking up. I don't think the I man mean, owns a comb. Trump's hair is pretty crazy too. No, but I feel like he tries though. Like it's only crazy in the wind. To be fair, Trump's hair is, is purposefully crazy. No, 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 no. It's I think you think it's. I despise Donald Trump. Just but his hair hairstylist is. I don't think well his hairstyle paid. is good, but I'm saying it's well-maintained. I mean, he combs it over, right? Yeah. And it's it stays at a consistent length. In the wind, obviously, it looks bad. Everybody's hair looks bad in the wind, right? right? Unless you have short hair, of course. But my point is, is Donald Trump will comb his hair and keep it, like, okay. well-kept and, like, cut. Boris Johnson's hair is a jungle. <laughs> you know? Like, if you try to get a... It'd be like trying to comb dreads. I don't think you could do it. Yeah, I think that's the point. So, you have yeah. to not comb them for, yeah. like, a year. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I think to get dreads, you, you like... You don't brush your hair. Ever. I think there's actually some specific things you have to do. To yeah, I think you're supposed to twist your, it. Your hair to... can dread, like, unintentionally. That yeah. Happens. You just get kind of, like, you know, nappy-looking like, locks. Yeah, like, you realize, oh, you've got a strand of dread in your hair because, yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine just not brushing your hair for that long. That's so crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Some people just don't do not do it. Don't brush their hair. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted to come back to the religion thing, though. What right. specifically were you thinking? Well, no, that, that I, I, we kind of touched upon it. It was mostly just that I was, um like, the line between... You know, being pro-refugee but anti-religion. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. You know, like, Islam is bad. Christianity is bad. Religion is generally bad. And so I don't think that we should... Like, like it's, it's weird because I, I would say that it's true that I don't want an influx of religious migrants anywhere, yeah. period. But at the same time, I'm going to value the fact that you are in a war-torn country and yeah. your kids are starving over the fact that I don't think that you should be religious. You know, like I have a, a hierarchy here. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's kind of the countries have to work together, which I feel like really happens where if you've got a certain amount of refugees, mm-hmm. then rather than letting a large chunk of them go to one country, they should go to like yeah all the countries that are taking them and even split, you know, so Germany doesn't take mm. 40,000 refugees. Mm-hmm. Instead, they can send. So it's not like an, it's a refugee majority. Yeah. I just like, had a thought though. It might be good though, actually, to have them move because because I was initially I was going to ask you like, do you think that we should, you know, refugees aside? Obviously, this wouldn't happen because there's too many religious people and the government and all that stuff in the country. But like, do you think it would be a good to not allow religious migrants who are just who just want to move here just for funsies, but also happen to be religious? But then I was thinking, like that means they would go back to their home country, and I suppose if one of you know your ultimate goals of society is to eventually have religion out of it you wouldn't want to keep religious people in their religious majority yeah. countries in an echo chamber you would want yeah. to bring them to the more atheist countries to hope that some of them convert yeah and i'm sure a lot of them do convert mm-hmm. but then there's also the worry of those atheist countries becoming less atheist yeah so maybe like you were saying i like kind of like you know funnel it through various countries and divide it up 
yeah evenly because islam is the world's fastest spreading religion has been for like really a long time that's interesting i wonder why do you think that is um high birth rates Mm-hmm. probably among i suppose that's people. true yeah that makes sense also not all religions are equally super into the idea of con- like converting people and spreading mm. religion a lot of religions are content to not spread it like judaism if you're a religious jew mm-hmm. you're basically trying to not spread religion like if somebody wants to become a jew really? oh, you, 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 yeah. you tell them no yeah, I actually, you, you repeatedly yeah. tell them no and it's kind of like a test to see if they really want to be a jew or not mm-hmm. but still it's like you're discouraging people from yeah. joining you where like that is not the case for like islam mm-hmm. or christianity or you know lots of other religions so i think it's high levels of spreading it and then also i feel like religious mm-hmm. people generally have uh, more children yeah and then it's true well, and, and, and like the i guess the more developed a country gets the fewer children families have on average yeah yeah that, that's what i was going to say is, that, is i think uh, islam tends to be more predominant in less developed countries where the birth rate is a lot higher yeah and I was thinking too, because like I, I understand why you would want to spread your religion if you legitimately believe that like, you know, you're saving people by them converting, you know, and like you're making their lives so much better. But then you lose me when, oh, if you don't convert now, I'm going to kill you. You know, like I can understand why you would want to, you know, spread something you think is good. But if you're threatening death, if you say no. Well, actually, I think uh, the Quran isn't quite about killing you if you say no. It's definitely killing apostates, apostates and people who like worship false gods but atheists mm-hmm. um i think it's less about killing them more about be- them being mm. like slaves oh interesting. the non-believers serve the believers they definitely don't go to heaven or anything but yeah, like yeah. They, they act as the second class citizens like i just feel like how do you believe that your like how do they know that their god is true not that it's like i mean they because they, they have to be aware right that they are muslim because they were born in a Muslim majority area and they're more likely to be Muslim and people who are born in Christian majority areas are more likely to be Christian. Yeah. I don't think most people. How do, how do you not make that connection and be like, huh? Okay. Yeah. That is a good connection to make, but I feel like for a religious mind, you're also going to think I was born in this Muslim country because Allah put me here. So Allah just hates everyone else. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I mean, God works in mysterious ways. Like I, I, cause I, cause I, I don't, but yeah, I feel like there's always some, if you're really like stuck into it in your mind, there's always some workaround like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, there's evil in the world because God wants to test us or because free will. Like there's always some reason. See, that you yeah, can come I, up I, with. I had that conversation with Matt and I, I wasn't, I wasn't buying it. Like he, it was interesting, but it's because it comes down to like, you know, God wants to give you the choice because we we're talking about sin too mm-hmm. and like, why not just like, because I was saying like, why not just not have sin? Like why not just have all people be inherently good and not sin you know because it's like because it's like oh well you know god wants you to make the right choice you know and have free will but i think that's dumb (laughs) like god obviously is just playing some sick game yeah where like you know this god wants to see if you're going to be a good person or not when god could have literally just created you to inherently be a good person like he could literally i'm sorry they they could literally just this guy transgender well, no, but I I don't wanna I don't wanna make God a man because I think people who believe in God make God a man. I know. Well, yeah, but but then if you well no they they, they will they'll say he. But then yeah. if you're like oh why is God a man why isn't God a woman or whatever this and they'll be like oh no God is God is you know not anthropomorphic you know God is no but you keep saying he. Well, so I, so I, I think, think God path... definitely is anthropomorphic. It even says like in the Bible like God created man in his image. I thought the Bible was fake, Wade. 
Yeah, I know, but God is fake. But it, like this fake God is anthropomorphic. Yeah. Well, I no, but I, I've had a lot of Christians deny to me that that is so. Yeah. So I, I've had a lot of Christians deny awfully strange things that they would otherwise believe. Yeah. They just get backed into a corner and like, I've yeah. had experiences like, with Christians who they end up advocating for moral relativism which is the opposite of what they ordinarily would say yeah that you know god's way is the only way yeah but like when they can't convince you of their being right and they're like well i mean to each his own like what that's the opposite of everything you just said like yeah people they say a lot of contradictory things yeah. i think yeah that's why i think the most fulfilling conversations I've ever had with religious people has been with matt because like i feel like most religious people either like mostly either don't know what they're talking about or will flip Matt up. is a uh, yeah, we should common friend of ours, I suppose. Yeah. He's and he's um cuz he's not necessarily like he's more metaphorical about it, all this and definitely yeah. less uh bible literal. Yeah, yeah, like I think he likes the bible, you know, but he he is more of like, you know, god is existence. Yeah. Um and that was an interesting conversation we had cuz he was telling me like, I think I explained, you know, what I believe, like, you know, the purpose in life is or whatever and all this other stuff. Um, what is the purpose? Well, I'll get back to that. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was he was trying to tell me that I essentially, we essentially, him and I believe the same thing. Yeah. But he's calling it God and I'm right. not calling it anything. And he's saying, so you do believe in God? And I'm like, but I don't, why do you have to call it God? Yeah. Like, I feel like you're just putting labels on there. I don't know. He challenges me. Though. I think it's interesting. Oh, yeah. That, like, I feel like the metaphorical God, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to a lot of people like some ideal of how to live or existence itself mm-hmm. or something they put that label on it that's, yeah it's like unnecessarily not it. yeah, yeah yeah right totally are you familiar with uh jordan peterson at all yeah i like that's some frustration i have with him is uh after watching lots of his stuff like he would talk about god a lot and i wasn't sure if he actually meant like god in like a literal sense and then i started to realize he didn't but then it made every... I thought he was religious no he definitely means a metaphorical god what, okay okay did, did you watch those what I, is the difference between a, metaf- a metaphorical god and a, and a god god like, like i understand that there was a difference between a metaphor okay, and like a legitimate thing but what is well i mean to, to, a, to, to a believer it, it, it isn't a metaphor and to someone who believes in a metaphorical god they're not like taking you know it's a different of mindset also a metaphorical god isn't one that would intervene on your behalf Mm-hmm. like praying to them yeah isn't going to do anything or perhaps they didn't it isn't an entity who created the world six thousand years ago and made adam and eve you know it's like okay you take all these things out it's just existence well okay so because i feel like you could just say existence if you just mean existence yeah they could i just feel but like it get, yeah they mean existence with a capital e though but i feel like okay so for jordan peterson when it gets down to it he means like the ideal that all humans should strive for is what God is. Really? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So then, but it kind of takes everything else he says about God and makes it seem kind of disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to sell his material to a religious audience when he himself isn't quite religious and he doesn't mean these words the same way yeah, they're he taking definitely them comes me. off as religious to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel oh. like he's trying to be a huckster. In a, in I think he is. I don't know. The guy gives me l- bad vibes, so right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I think he's got a lot of good things to say, but he's also kind of being sly and mischievous yeah he's 50 50 with me yeah but okay so there's people who mean like metaphorical god like that and then there's people who are like god is god a zapped earth with his beings yeah yeah and whether or not there's like creationist young earth or like god set up evolution mm-hmm. to make it come to this yeah they still believe in like something like that they could speak with 
that actually exists in the universe, like mm-hmm. a creator figure mm-hmm. rather than just yeah. ideas. Yeah, like a guiding force. No, I, I see what you're saying. But yeah, so um, with the thing, like what I think like the purpose in life is though, because oh, yeah. I realized what I can call myself now when I watched your nihilism video the other day, oh. but I forgot the word already. But what, it's Positive nihilist? Optimistic nihilist? No, it was something you mentioned briefly, but it's essentially like the Existentialist? Idea, I'm an existentialist. Yeah. So that's what I believe. And then for those who don't know what existentialism is, um, Wade might be able to describe this better, but I'll give you my go at it and you can tell me if I'm missing anything. Sure. But essentially it's that there is no uh, objective meaning to life it, it is you know you, you, the meaning in life is whatever is important to you you know you know if like the meaning of life for you is the pursuit of whatever you want it to be you know like for me i think the meaning of life and i, I don't think everybody else should have this but my personal meaning in life right is just the pursuit of happiness like i just want to be happy so i guess that is what existentialism is, is it, it is what you make of it yeah um i do worry about some things with existentialism though like oh, yeah? that it leads to moral relativism if everybody creates their own meaning mm. then that's true. You've got incompatible but versions you, of what's good. Do you think you can have existentialism and moral objectivism? Because I, I feel like I'm a moral objectivist, I, I, but yeah. I also think I'm an existentialist. I, no, I think you can have the two. Okay. I think it just existentialism tends more often towards mm-hmm. relativism. Yeah, no, I, I can see why that is. Yeah. yeah. But if, if, okay, so for existentialism, the ancient Greek idea of essentialism that Aristotle believed, mm-hmm. it kind of takes the idea of souls, like literally, where every human is born with an essence, like mm-hmm. a specific thing that they are good at or meant to do in, mm-hmm. in life, like their their purpose or their calling. And existentialism is the opposite of that. It rejects that idea. You don't have a purpose or a calling. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. It only exists when you make it for yourself. Like you have to yeah. create it. It's not like inherently there and you have to find it. It's more like yeah. there, yeah, there yeah. is no point. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and, I, and I believe in that. And, and, and I see what you mean, because I, I think existentialism can be a slippery slope into moral relativism. But I think if you just, if you take the time just to simply explore moral relativism and moral objectivism, I, I don't think they have to be mutual. Like, I don't think yeah. you have to, because I think I, I, I can say that certain things are objectively bad. Yeah. And also believe that there is no meaning to the universe. I think those are two different things. Yeah. And I think you could judge someone else's, if they're existentialist and they've, prescribed a point to their life and mm-hmm. they told you it you could judge whether or not that is good like if they said yeah. my purpose is to molest kittens yeah and that's what gives me <laughs> like that's what i aim, uh-huh. aim for you could say you're a shit person and yeah. like you've misunderstood the concept no, of I totally existentialism because because i well because i think that you are allowed to believe that you know i'm not gonna tell people what they can and can't believe i think it's a stupid belief yeah you know and so i i guess i think that well, I think everyone should pursue their own purpose for living. If your purpose for living harms or impedes... Um, Someone else's purpose for living? Yeah, then... Yeah, that's basically the golden rule, I yeah. guess. But then, you know, people make the argument, oh, like, you know, the anim- animals don't count or whatever. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah, that's kind of been a, a plague upon the earth for ever. That, like, especially with, with souls and the essentialism thing. Yeah. It's definitely where... It, Maybe not it started, but like mm-hmm. it got its words for it. Animals don't have souls, but humans mm-hmm. do. Yep. Or some people are like, some animals have soul, but some don't. Yeah, like my like, dog what? has a soul. That's He'll so be in stupid. heaven. Which is funny because it, cause you think generally people are placing what animals have souls based on their emotional connection that they can develop with that animal. Yeah. But that's so dumb because we know that pigs have the same level of emotional intelligence as a dog does. Right, so then people who like pigs, because they have a... It's not about the capacity for emotional relationship. It's about whether or not you have one right now. Exactly. That's why, like, they don't kill cows in India. Yeah. 
Well, some people do. They just take them across the border. Yeah, and but I mean, a lot of people would say that like animals have souls, but fish don't have souls. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to have an emotional relationship with a fish. Yeah, but I think regardless though, of the fact of whether like if we say that souls exist, regardless of whether or not the fish has a soul, the fish still has a right to live. Yeah, especially because you don't need to eat it. Like you literally don't need to. Like you just want to. Yeah, I think the whole idea of souls just takes a lot of moral intuitions and just mm-hmm. fucks them. Like. <laughs> Like, tell me how. If you are concerned about souls, it necessarily kind of leads to, like, an afterlife or there is more than this life right now. Because, you know, if your soul continues on after you die, then mm. that, that is your true essence. That, yeah. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. So it gives a lot of leeway and lenience to the idea that it's kind of okay for physical harm and, more, and, and torture mm-hmm. to happen because your soul is left intact. Yeah. You can suffer in this life, but your soul will go on. So really, there's no harm done. Yeah. So like if I murder you in the name of God, yeah, you're left untouched because your soul is now you know cleansed of its sin. Yeah, or whatever. it's just that's a mind blowing. Like yeah, that's so a, basically it stupid. takes these consequences that you would look at uh-huh. and pushes them off to some later life or like yeah, p- puts them on some ethereal spirit that you have mm-hmm. rather than like your physical body. Is that how that's pronounced? I thought it was ethereal. <laughs> <laughs> Is that wrong? Yes. That's funny. I've been reading that word. Oh, I bumped the mic. I've been reading that word wrong for a while. You can long move time. that chair behind you if you want. Like, yeah, just sit however like, is most comfortable for you. I, just, like, I, I was too scared to move once we started like. No, you can get up. I don't want to like start making noise. So, and I talked to so many people who actually still believe in souls. Really? And then I feel like half the time I ask them why they don't have any reasons. It's just because they have, mm-hmm. they believed in souls since they were a kid or whatever. Or they were told to. Yeah, I think that's, I think I, f- I find that to be common among a lot of religious people generally. Like I'll, I'll talk about the religion with them and they won't necessarily even try that hard to defend it. You know, like they'll kind of, they'll, they'll, they'll give up pretty easy, which I guess is fine, you know, like do your thing. But, but see, like, yeah. it, like the, the, they'll like not necessarily disagree with me, but they just, they don't want to give up their religion because like, just like, yeah, I'm just smart as well. That I think almost annoys me more than people who fight really hard. Yeah. People who give up, but then don't like, actually concede to you. Yeah. They're like... Yeah, whatever. You're right. I'm still going to ble- keep believing this, though. It's like, yeah. what was the point of this conversation? Yeah, like maybe I'm a know-it-all, but like I just can't imagine not caring about being wrong. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be wrong. Why do you, Why are you okay with that? <laughs> That's That makes me uncomfortable. Like, yeah, you should be like, like, what, and what I mean by that is I'm not saying you should never like, you know, admit to being wrong. You should always admit to being wrong. But what I'm saying is if you discover that a belief you previously had is false or bad or just stupid... And you have like an obligation to replace it. Yeah, I I would think so. You know, like if you believe that two plus three is four and I show you that two plus two or two plus three is in fact five, you should be like, oh, okay. And then start espousing the correct belief or what you know to be correct with all the information you have instead of just being okay. Like it frustrates me. And it's like, because I think that thing, that part definitely happens. Nobody's going to, well, Few people are going to say, like, even after you show them two plus mm-hmm. three is five, they're going to be like, okay, yeah. But then when it comes to the topic of, like, religion or anything spiritual, mm-hmm. that's, like, out of bounds. That's untouchable. No matter what you say, it's not going to convince mm-hmm. anyone half the time. For some reason, people perceive that as to be, like, outside the realm of what you can actually the argue with. window, I think that's called. Yeah. I learned that recently. Explain that one for the listener. The Overton window. Okay. So I recently learned this term. And from what I understand is the Overton window... Um, it's, it's generally used when referring to um, political topics. So what it is, is it is the what is considered culturally to be a- acceptable in the way of political discourse or, you know, I guess in any other form of discourse. So like you're talking about religion or 
just conversations. There's an Overton window. So like, for example, in America, it's, it's probably outside of the Overton window to say that we should fully transition to a communist state. Like, yeah, there's people that believe that and talk about it all the time. But in mainstream political discourse, that's extremely radical. It is outside of the norm and it's thus outside of the Overton window. Yeah. And I guess with um, like increasing a freedom of speech, then you'd be opening up the window mm -hmm. and with limiting it, you'd be closing the window because now you're yeah making things that were previously acceptable to talk about unacceptable. <laughs> However, I, I don't think the Overton window though is necessarily regulation based though. It's mostly like yeah. what is accepted. Sure. Socially. Like it, it's, it's more of like what's mainstream and what's not mainstream, I yeah. guess is the most simple way to put it. I think. Yeah. That kind of fits what I, what I was mentioning. Um, I meant, I meant less that like you can't talk about these things with people. You you can people talk about religion. I just mean like that people seem to view that think that their religious beliefs are like impervious to assault. Oh, that, like no matter what you say to them about it, it doesn't have the power to affect their thoughts on it. Yeah, so it's like people are like religious ideas can't ever be completely proven wrong or yeah. right. So mm -hmm. I'm free to believe whatever whatever I want, even if I have bad reasons for it. Mm -hmm. Which I think it, is weird. Like why? In the, in the way that you could get someone to admit that they're wrong about mathematics, yeah. you couldn't get that same effect with religious yeah. topics. You can sometimes, but generally speaking, people don't like to admit that they're wrong. I think because religion is faith-based. You just have to have faith. Yeah. Which I think is... Well, it's weird because I was going to say I think it's stupid, but not necessarily, I guess, because I have faith in the sense that I have faith that our base levels of scientific thinking are true. You know, like, I think we might have talked about this before where like, when it comes to scientific inquiry, you know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, this happens because of this, because of this. And if you, but if you keep asking why yeah. in regards to scientific explanations, it, it's eventually just, well, just because. So I, I suppose, you know, I, I have a, 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 a type of faith too. That's the thing I hear a lot from religious people. They say, mm -hmm. like, it takes just as much faith to believe in evolution as it does to believe in creationism. I wouldn't say just as much. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say just as much. And I think there's a difference too, because the faith that you're talking about, is a faith that can be corroborated like you believe in it because there are other supportive reasons that maybe mm -hmm. you can't dig down to the very bottom of it and prove yeah. that it's true but all these other things that seem to be true fit into what you believe where like a religious faith there aren't any of those things like there aren't any like scientific facts that corroborate your faith that but, but jesus was resurrected i don't know if it is quite different though because i don't think that's entirely true i think because it's not scientific facts that corroborate your faith the faith corroborates the scientific facts because we have a base level of scientific thinking and because we we assume that's true and because it's true all of these other things work and we know how things work yeah. religion is similar in the sense that we assume that the base level of faith is true and because it's true all of these other things happen that are true I, I guess i'd say the difference though is that it tends to be that a lot of like if you look at like a tower you know where like the faith is the basement the religious building tends to fall apart a lot so i i, I think they're right in the sense that they're both faiths but i think that um the predictions and outcomes that you get from each faith, it, it tends to be a lot less accurate when it comes to religion. And religious uh, ideas have been constantly weakened by scientific findings. Yeah. As yeah. time goes on. Well, and the fact that it like advocates for, you know, suffering for people, you know, yeah. like torture and all that other stuff, which I think is probably bad. Suffering cleanses the soul. Is that a thing? People believe? That's definitely like a more medieval type of religious well, idea. Yeah. Self-flagellation kind yeah. of thing. That's crazy. You know, you uh, were lusty over somebody who isn't your wife. Right. Had to go whip yourself in the back nine times. Jesus Christ. That kind of thing. I'm really glad we have gotten past that as a society.
Because I, because you can't know, because like we look back in that now and we think, oh man, that's so stupid. Like what an yeah, idiot, how barbaric, right? You know. But if you lived in that time, odds are you would have done the same thing. You know, yeah. like it's not likely you would have been like you know the guy saying, hey guys, this is probably not smart. Yeah, I think that sometimes. But then I also think the opposite because I mean, even in middle times, medieval times, mm-hmm. when there were such barbaric things like that going on, there were still some people who were against it. Yeah, and who were like logical thinkers and like but this how many make any sense. like was it a handful or was it like a significant number of the population no probably a handful i mean and if it was a significant number then most of them were closeted yeah. and didn't have the courage to threaten getting mm-hmm. killed by the spanish inquisition when they yeah. were talking about how awful everything that was right. going on was but still so the fact that there have basically always been some people who could mm-hmm. see things clearly makes me wonder like if i lived then maybe i'd be one of those people but do you think that's maybe because like i'd like to think that about myself yeah. too you know, and, and I think that you are a pretty smart guy, Wade, but are you so smart that you would consider, because it's like, you, you have to do this comparatively speaking, right? Where it was a very small amount of the population back then yeah. who was able to break free of this dogmatic thought. Are, would you would you place yourself in that same tier of uh, free thinking level of society today? Well, I don't want to say, yes, I'm a smart boy, but I mean, in a way I would. Yeah. Like, I feel like you and I, like, yeah vegans that's already kind of definitely outside the norms like two percent of people yeah that's very true so like if we're already saying like all the rest of the stuff the modern world is doing Mm -hmm. is barbaric and most people don't accept that yeah then maybe we would be the people who would be in medieval times saying that like catholicism is messed up when 99 percent of people were catholics Mm -hmm. yeah and and i'd like to think so and you could be right i i guess my hesitation to always automatically say oh yeah i wouldn't is because like, it, it gives me the same vibes as, like, those people who are, like, they'll see something, like, they'll see a video of something bad happen, you know? Yeah, be like, I would totally, like, be a hero in that situation. Yes! I hate yeah. that because it's, it just, it annoys me because... Yeah. It's like a self-righteous kind of... It's so self-righteous because more than likely you wouldn't have. But... Everybody thinks they would have. Yeah, and you might. Yeah. But to say without, like, because I'll, because what, I'll counter that person when they said, I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, I'd like to think I would, but I'm not sure. And they're like, oh, I definitely would. No, you you don't know that. Shut up. You're an idiot. Well, yeah. thinking back in situations that you've been in, where maybe yeah. you were in a situation of witnessing something that was wrong, mm-hmm. have you acted in that situation or just kind of sat there? Yeah, so that's that, and that's a good question. And I think, though, because I've only recently become like a more mature adult, you know, I've been a child most of my life. And so like when I witnessed these things happening as a child, I didn't do anything. No, like if I would like to see someone like being bullied in elementary school, like I don't want to get in a fight. You know, I'm going to leave it be. So historically speaking, I have not, but I would like to think, you know, as I've matured, you know, that because nothing like that's really happened to me since I've been like, you know, fairly intelligent, but maybe I don't, maybe got to put yourself in more, I don't know, dangerous situations. Uh, Yeah. I'm not a big danger guy. Do you ever watch Vsauce? Love Vsauce. So his um, series Minefield that he does more about psychology than Uh physics. There was a episode where it was like how to become a hero. It was okay. It's like how people often perceive themselves as being heroic like that. They would stand up for the right thing in the situation. Mm-hmm. Most people don't do that. But then there's ways to actually train it. And like there's a, uh, oh, okay. there's like classes done by psychologists to get people to mm-hmm. become more likely to stand up for other people in situations. Mm-hmm. And then they, they put a bunch of like test subjects through the class. And then like before and after this class, they had them, they exposed them to situations where they would see like cruelty and there were other like actors there sitting next to them and nobody was doing anything. So it's like the bystander effect of if you're in a group mm-hmm. of people, you feel less responsibility to do anything mm-hmm. because nobody else is doing anything. And yeah. you expect maybe they will do it instead of you. 
so they would put the people in the situations before and after and then after their like classes like six months after or something i think most of them like actually did something so they like showed improvement in their capability of actually standing up mm-hmm. for things yeah that's interesting so you can definitely train it yeah yeah you could and that'd, be, that'd probably be good i think though it's probably it, it wouldn't happen though in terms of like life or death for most people like, i don't know if you could train that because it's like then it just comes down to like okay i can risk my life to possibly save this person's life and so i guess it would depend on how much you value that other person's life because i think we tend to value our own lives pretty highly you yeah, know that's true like i don't want to die I remember uh, in elementary school, I dude, I was, this is funny. So I was in, I was in like sixth grade and it was just like one of those questions that was going around on the playground and kids were asking each other. They said, if you died, like, well, what, what is like the best way for you to die or whatever? Like, how would you want to die? Something like that. Right. Yeah. And so a kid asked me, you know, how would you want to die? And I hadn't heard anybody else answer. It was just like, I'd heard people were asking this question and I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, probably like painless in my sleep or something. So I didn't feel anything. And they go, oh, I would want to do it saving someone else's life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. So I'm a bad person. Was, yeah. So that, that was a funny experience I had in like sixth grade. I remember I drew a comic of how I would want to die. Really? Like, uh, That's almost like dark. I was like 13 or something. Huh. It was really like convoluted and I was trying to like cram as many cool things into it as I could. <laughs> and I was like in a spaceship that was going into a black hole. Oh my god. Within this gigantic spaceship, I yeah. built like a biodome that had a volcano in it. Okay. And then at the moment of crossing the event horizon, I yeah. jumped into vo- the volcano. So it's like You knew what an event horizon was when you were 13. Yeah. I mean, wow. that's just like Neil deGrasse Tyson teaches you that, you know. That's true. Yeah, I, I think I I don't think I knew the name of an event horizon, but yeah, no, I was super into like the space shows yeah. when I was in your like that Yeah, and so like cool. Bill Nye, like yes. It was good. Yeah, a lot a lot of kids are into the space stuff. I always was. Mm-hmm. Never so much into dinosaurs like a lot of young boys are. Yeah, and I, I never got on that. I mean, they're cool, but I'm not like wearing dinosaur pajamas or anything. Yeah, I don't know. I think all the dinosaur merch I wore was just purchased for me because I was a little kid. And like the whole dinosaur thing is a lie. Like the way they depict them with scales. Like yeah, now because the T Rex had feathers. Yeah, now they're That's like they crazy. all have feathers, or most of them have feathers. Yeah, who'd have thought? And they still continue that. to make like the Jurassic World movies with them depicted incorrectly because that's now like the iconic image of a t-rex what do you think people would do if they like do you think there'd be that much outrage um maybe i don't know because i don't don't, don't know because i feel like people generally are outraged when you change something that's beloved right yeah like people hated when they came up with the new sonic movie how it looked initially it was like to appease the masses yeah yeah but that's because like there's nostalgia and people like have loved how sonic looked no i don't think anybody at least nobody I know has an emotional attachment to the way dinosaurs look. I don't know. I think Jurassic Park, probably the first few movies, generated that. <sighs> It'll be a couple boomers. I think it's fine. Boomers? Like, yeah. They came out in like the 90s. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know a lot of people my age who love Jurassic Park like yeah. Gen Xers and boomers do. Well, if they make any more movies about dinosaurs, which they probably will at some point, they should make them scientifically accurate. Yeah, they should. I agree. But should they? Should we make cartoons scientifically accurate? Because because if if you if you know that it's a fictional thing, you know. Well, I mean, it's not fictional, per se. It's not not fictional. Dinosaurs living in a zoo with humans keeping them. I think that's fictional. Okay, I mean, the story itself yeah, is fictional, okay. but it's like based upon the idea that they took dinosaur DNA and remade dinosaurs, which is hypothetically possible in the future. Okay, well, what about like cartoons though, where like people and animals are just not drawn anatomically correctly? Uh, I mean, that doesn't matter. Like why? What's the difference? Like Bojack Horseman, Horseman like yeah. you got a half, you got a dog man and like... Well, no, not even that. I'm talking about like just like people, like characters or just things in shows 
that are meant to represent like a legitimate cat or dog. But okay. it I guess it depends good. on like the intention. If like this, okay. this is trying to be straight up like a realistic cat. Because like the whole look like, the Jurassic Park movies, like they're yeah, trying, they're, they're trying to, to make them supposed to be like what dinosaurs look like. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fair enough. If it's like, hey, we're just gonna make a cool creature, like we're gonna call it a dinosaur, mm-hmm. and but we just are gonna make it up, like then they can do whatever they want. Okay. But if they're trying to make like a, we've recreated the T Rex. This is what the T Rex looks like. It should be what the T Rex. I think like. you should sort of council of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to grant permission for certain films and TV shows on how they can depict things in the world. Maybe a disclaimer at the end of the credits, like this is not yeah. what they actually look. They like. They can dedicate it to the the Wade disclaimer <laughs> to let people know. It'd be useful. Oh yeah, about the standing up for people though. I remember in I think it was seventh grade. There was this kid that lived a few blocks away from me. And he had, I don't know, he was on the spectrum of autism in some variety. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was never, like, friends with him. But, like, I don't know, I went to school with him in elementary school and for, like, for years, so I knew him. But I remember one day he was making fun of one of my classmates. He was making fun of him, like, based on his race. Mm, okay. He was, like, that's racist bad. bullying. Yeah, that's bad. So I, like, lambasted this kid. Yeah. Um, I'll call him George. I lambasted George. Yeah and good for you though i got in trouble for it though, oh geez yeah because george was not like not thing. socially all there so it was acceptable for him to like but it's not be racist I it's guess. not and like I, I can understand why you would want to approach it differently than you would a non-autistic person but i think regardless of whether the perpetrator is autistic something you can't just allow racist bullying i don't know maybe part of it was that it it, it, turned, it turned out that the kid who was getting bullied he, i guess he probably wasn't okay with it but he didn't make a big fuss about it. I guess he was used to it. Well, so, yeah, but nobody wants. Yeah, but so, that's the problem. You shouldn't be used to racist bullying. So, so from the like vice principal's perspective, the situation looked like I was the one who was causing the most harm oh instead of God. him. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Good for you though for standing up for him. Yeah, I guess that that's one example I could think of of that happening. Yeah, no, that that's interesting. Oh yeah, on the topic of uh, moral relative relativism or uh, yeah. objectivism, do you think there's any action that's intrinsically evil or immoral Mm. so are you saying that no matter are you saying like no matter the context it's bad yeah i don't think so but i'm thinking because obviously the first thing that would come to mind would be like murder but you can you know murder in defense of another i suppose rape is pretty bad no matter how you slice it i think so i think a specific breed of rape like i'm just talking about like well but then we're talking about context so i guess rape period non-consensual sex is bad no matter how you slice it i could think of a few scenarios and i could be wrong this is just my first instinct so lay it on me i'll let you know if i agree let's say that uh you and one other person Mm -hmm. let's say you and me okay are imprisoned okay i thought you were gonna say having sex (laughs) (laughs) well that'll become shortly oh sweet (laughs) we've been living in like two two separate rooms yeah we know of the presence of the other Mm -hmm. and Say there's a overlord who's in control of this prison. This is really hypothetical, but still, yeah. just the no, fact yeah. that it could no. happen. Hypotheticals are yeah. important. Like, he talks to you, and I can't hear it, and he says, I'll let you both free if you go into his cell and rape him. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to stay here for the rest of your lives. Yeah. Then, it's not okay. consensual. I didn't know this was going to happen. You're just coming in here and raping me. Yeah. But yet, the outcome is good for both of us. Well. So, I think it, my, my answer would be there's no thing that is intrinsically evil, because there's always some sort of context where... Killing someone, stealing, raping someone, yeah. it could be okay. Do you? But it it could be the best answer. So I, I guess right now what I'm trying to what I'm trying to hash out in my mind is 
because I think that that scenario though could go multiple ways. It could be, it could go good. It could go bad. Cause maybe, maybe, maybe you maybe don't want to be raped. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you don't want to be raped period. And you'd rather I, I would stay rather in prison st- for life than be raped by me. And yeah. I have no way of knowing that. Well, and you so I'm trying to figure out though, then if, because that could go both ways, if it's still like, you know, cause I, I suppose if there was a possible scenario where a rape could not be a bad thing, but no, no, I don't think that's rape. Well, because I guess if it's technically non-consensual, because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But if afterwards it turns out you were okay with it. Like post-consent? I think that's post-consent. And that makes it no longer rape? If I'm, disclaimer for the listeners, <laughs> if I'm missing something in the definition of rape here and this sounds really bad, like I'm aware that that's possible. So just like, you know, take this with a grain of salt maybe. But yeah, like, because, because okay, it's like, think of it this way, right? Like if two people, because technically sex with a drunk person is rape, right? Because they're not coherent enough to consent yeah but unless like, you're drunk too which seems weird to me yeah if you're drunk too then maybe i can see you know something okay there i don't know i'm not going to get into d- drunk consent yeah i don't want to i i don't i'm not going to debate the merits of that i don't know but like say for example you have sex with a person and they are drunk and you're maybe less drunk or you're coherent and they're not right yeah but after the fact you know they find out but they're like oh that's fine like they're okay with it yeah if I'm understanding the definition of rape correctly, I don't think that's rape because it's, I, I think post-consent can be a thing. If somebody disagrees with me, like, let me know because I could not be seeing something here, but that seems to follow for me. I think post-consent can be a thing. That that raises a question in my mind. I don't okay. know if we should continue talking about rape. Oh, but I think I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. If post-consent is a thing, is post-non-consent a thing? I'm post Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about post-child rape. Post, um... Oh, or child. Sure. Right, like 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 a kid gets like molested as a child and as an adult. But it, but it, just to quick finish that, tie that in though, I think that doesn't work though because with a child, like they can be damaged and think that it's okay. Right. Um, but no, yeah. Post I mean, couldn't that happen to anyone though? Be damaged? Well, no, because I don't. But do you have to have? Because okay, so let me just say I don't think that if you're, if you're saying consent in the long term is what matters and not consent in the moment, then if they so so I guess can you take back consent in the long could term? You give me an example of a post unconsent. Let's just say we had sex and then you and I have sex. And then tomorrow I decide that it wasn't okay. Just in the same way where you have sex with me when I'm drunk and I decide that it was okay. Well, I don't think that's the same because, okay. So, so, so it's like one you can do and the other you can't. Well, yeah, I think so. Because so if say we have consensual sex where I say, Wade, can I have sex with you? And you say yes. And we have sex. And then later you're like, I'm now unconsenting and I'm not okay with that. Now you raped me. I don't think that's legit. However, if, it was like more like we just kind of did it and you were uncomfortable the whole time and I never clearly asked you. I think I think you could say. I it's circumstantial, but I think it's possible, right? So then if but, it was if it was ambiguous at the time, then it's up to the people after the fact to decide. Yeah. So so I guess, you know, be careful with that, yeah. generally speaking. And and I'm not obviously I'm not like well, the yeah, president. That's why you always ask I, I I'm not the CEO of sexual consent, right? But this is just these are just my my takes. Um, but, but I think you can have, you can have post consent without having post unconsent because like my example with the drunk person, right. Is that by being inebriated, they're by default unable to consent. So if you have sex with them, you are essentially raping them. But if they say after the fact that they were okay with it and they essentially consented to it post-mortem, even though it's not death, but (laughs) post-mortem, they consent to it. I think that then, then it's fine. Like, obviously, I'm not saying that we should go around having sex with drunk people because they might consent to it afterwards, nor should you try to convince a person who you raped. Because I think it's rape in the moment. Okay. But I think I think it can be undone. I mean... So so I guess to, to go back to what we were initially talking about... So does this make 
rape a always bad thing? Um, no matter the context, because I you guess could, you could have the I guess consent. no, because if you are like, oh yeah, man, thanks for raping me, <laughs> you know, then I guess then I guess rape isn't always a hundred percent bad. And I could be wrong on this. No, but I mean, so weren't you saying before that, that if you said thanks for raping me, doesn't that yeah. no longer make it rape? Yeah, and which is true. And I realized that while I was saying it. So it's thanks for having, you know. So then wouldn't sex wouldn't that me. make rape always bad? Like for this question. No, I think, I, I don't know. I guess, don't soundbite me here. But okay. like, maybe rape isn't always. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. <laughs> oh, there's but, the context of this whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. The conclusions I'm coming to from the discussions we had here i'm going to agree with wade that there are certain certain circumstances where well no okay what's the circumstance let me back up okay well because i just realized while i was saying that because what i'm saying though is that if you were to consent post-sexually yes it would no longer be rape that's what i was saying yeah no 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 yeah i i I just caught that now yeah so so because it would no longer be rape if you were to consent unconsensual sex is always bad is always bad so yes, I think rape is probably an ex- is probably the one thing. But other than that, I really don't think there's anything that is always bad. But that's just what I can think of. I don't know. What do you think? Do you, do you... I, I don't know if I agree with the um, post-consent, post-consent Why? thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's too much room for you to be psychologically fucked up. And like just convincing yourself that it was okay when you totally didn't think it was at the time. So like, but what is what? I that, feel like you can't. But trust... what if that just argue for the point that rape is always bad then? Because even if you say, "Oh yeah, I'm glad you got me out of prison," but now I have a lifetime of trauma because you raped me in the dark. Like, I think maybe that lifetime of trauma is preferable to being stuck in a room. For you, maybe, but you can't know that. Sure. When you okay. Rape the yeah, I guess that raises the possibility of this same situation, depending on the person's yeah. mind, could go one of two ways. It could be morally the best possibility because you're freeing you and your the other person by raping them or maybe if they truly did prefer to live in confinement for Mm -hmm. their whole life without being raped then you just made it even worse yeah so So you can't really know i guess but i still think it leaves open the fact that there are circumstances where doing awful things can be the best solution yeah i think you may be right you probably had a trigger warning on this we had some pretty graphic (laughs) rape depictions yeah um to talk about rape slightly more Oh, great. Uh, which probably isn't happy for a lot of people. You brought up one thing that I find interesting. Okay. If it's never okay to have sex with drunk people, mm-hmm. I feel like there's many circumstances that could be had where you don't know that, that a person is drunk. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to grant you the fact that I may have overgeneralized when I was saying it. I don't know. Um, like, should I carry breathalyzer tests on me? Yeah, well, and see, that's... Yeah, see, ugh, drunks... Drunk consent is an issue because people that can, can be unobviously. I think drunk. is a very tricky topic because yeah, like if, and then if they both, give you consent in the moment, but it turns out they yeah, were like drunk. if you're at a party, you're really drunk. Another person is really drunk, and you have sex. It's really hard because people can you know be different levels of drunk, you yeah. know, and it's and it's hard to determine that after the fact. And and on top of that too, you can also say that like the rapist could have been you know drunk to the point where they didn't realize like because when you're drunk you obviously your inhibitions are limited right you're not very you're not thinking super far ahead when you're really drunk so you could make the argument that they didn't they didn't make the connection that they shouldn't be having sex while drunk you know because i think as a sober person you can say because of the fact that it's hard to know the level of awareness that both parties have or all parties if we're talking about more than two it's like you you can't because you can't know that i think 
as a sober person, you can say you should never have drunk sex. But at the same, in that same vein, well, then wouldn't that mean you should drunk, never have sex? No, because if you can't know, then they could always be drunk at any time. Interesting. Yeah, but I don't know because what I'm saying is, if you personally are drunk, yeah, you okay. shouldn't have sex. But at the same time, if you were so drunk that you are forgetting that or not thinking about that, maybe you should just not get drunk. <laughs> just ban just alcohol. Avoid alcohol. Yeah, apparently. see, it's such a, it's it's a it's a it's a tricky topic because yeah, I don't think there's any good good answers in this topic. Yeah. I was, I was just curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, that's I guess that's my that's my soft thoughts. When I say soft, I mean that I could be probably easily swayed, but that's that's the extent of how I feel about it, I guess. How do you feel about people um, removing Trump signs from people's lawns? Oh, I think about doing it all the time myself. But you haven't? No. Do you think it would be bad too? Bad in what ba- like, like bad as in it it's against the law? Yes. Um, oh, do you think it would be morally bad too? No. No. Do you think it be morally good? I don't know if it's, I think it's morally neutral, I guess. Or maybe it's morally good. I, th- I think it's morally good if if we assume that having a Trump sign in your yard is going to make some centrist drive past and be like, oh, maybe I'll vote for Trump. By me removing that, if that stops that from happening, I'd say it's morally good. But I don't think that's a, that's realistic. So I think it's morally neutral. Or no, actually, no, I'd say it's morally good. For what reason? Well, I know I keep bouncing around. Yeah. So, because here's the reason, there's two reasons why I haven't, right? One... I'm worried that they're going to have a camera at their house that I'm not going to see. And then I'm going to get a ticket and I don't want a ticket, right? By a mask. Yeah, I could do that. But then I have to like, you know, walk to it. And I'd rather just drive from house to house. Then they can see my license plate. Mm. Um, but my other primary concern is that if I do that, they're just going to buy another one. Put two up. Yeah. Th- even if, they, yeah, they might put two up or they might just buy another one. Either way, I don't want them contributing any more money to his campaign than they already have. Oh, that's a good point. Right. So like, well, on one Wouldn't hand. Wouldn't that make it morally bad then? Because they're going to go and buy that, another that, one. And, and that's why I was just going to jump back at the, at the final yeah. thing and say it's morally bad. Because as much as I want, I, I would say instead of, so yeah, so I think it's morally bad because you're going to increase, that person is going to, at the very least, probably buy another Trump sign. And at the most, be fueled by their anger that you stole their sign and at the crazy libs and donate extra money to the campaign that they already have. So I would say that rather than steal a Trump sign out of someone's yard, just like crap on their porch or something, but don't steal the sign. <laughs> maybe, maybe vandal. Well, no, don't, don't vandalize the sign. Leave the they, sign. They still yeah, and not only like money wise too, but like psychology wise. If you steal the sign, that's just going to further inflate their idea mm-hmm. of the crazy libs. Yeah, it's going to yeah. make them more politically divided. I totally agree. I bring this up because uh, my brother was doing this. Um, he told me about it yesterday. Late at night, he would go around the neighborhood yeah. and remove Trump signs from people's lawns because they're everywhere. And he was talking about how he had removed Trump signs from um, this one house's lawn like three times. And then after the third time, they put like two up. See, I feel like that's bad. Yeah, it's probably just inflating the problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because my initial reaction when someone's like, oh, I stole the Trump sign. I'm like, nice. You know, I give them the knucks. But when you really think about it, it's I don't think that we should do it. Yeah. The argument my dad was making why it was bad was that it's limiting or deleting people's uh, freedom of speech. Like, no, it's not. If they want to put signs on their property to show their ideas, then they're free to do that. They are free to do that. Um, and I am also free I don't to know. willingly commit a crime to steal their property. <laughs> I because... don't know if you're free to commit, cr- commit well, yeah, crimes. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not free to. But um, yeah, no, legal. But he's going at it from a legal perspective. And, and legally, like, legally, you're, yeah, you're not can. okay to um, yeah. go on someone's property. Legally, and... they can do that. Um, however... Morally, I feel repulsed that you support <laughs> Donald Trump, so I'm going to steal the sign. You know, I'm not going to, but like yeah. that would be the reasoning. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure how to feel, but you made a good point about the it's a lot of money. to buy a new sign. Yeah. Which, I mean, even if that money isn't going to Trump, because uh, I don't know if Trump is selling his own signs. It's going to some other sells, Trump supporter. Sells it on his campaign website. Gives oh, his campaign. Okay. But, but still, like, even if they're buying some mm-hmm. sign from some yeah. guy who's making them himself, that guy is a Trump supporter. Yeah. So and for what he stands for are yeah. not good things. So as badly as I want to vandalize and destroy that piece of property, uh, I will refrain. There is this house in Kimberly which is sort of like a, it's like a West Dallas system, Milwaukee. It's all the same. Um, but anyways, there's this house and they have a couple Trump signs, a Trump flag. But this is this is the real kicker that is just, I think, incredible every time I drive past. They have a wooden sign that I think they built because it's like wooden and painted. And it says, keep fossil fuels. <laughs> it's dead serious. And then, and then I think below it says freedom to cruise or whatever. Like I think it's like a movement. Freedom to cruise? That's like, something I want to Are they imagining driving in a car or like cruise lines? Like cruising, cruise ship? I think they're talking about like driving their car and yeah. their motorcycle or whatever. And they want to keep their fossil fuels. Are they afraid they can't cruise without fossil fuels? Like, I, I don't, don't believe in electric cars? I don't cars know what the line... Maybe we can look up the organization and find it. But yeah, as far as I know, I think it might not even be a worthwhile attempt to try to find... Well, I think it's always worthwhile to find reasoning. But... I don't think that we should beat ourselves up about not understanding the reasoning there, because I think if you want to keep fossil fuels, you're probably not reasonable in the first place. I don't know. Like I could see it's maybe about like keeping jobs, but all the fossil fuel jobs aren't American jobs. They're like Middle Eastern jobs. Well, and on top of that, the amount of jobs that we would gain by switching to wind and solar far outweigh the amount of jobs we yeah. would lose by getting rid of coal. So. The jobs argument is stupid. Like, if if your argument is jobs, you just haven't done the research. Yeah. You're just spewing talking points. That is one thing that annoys me about Trump is, like, reinstating all these coal plants and oh my God. getting them back up and running. Talking about how turbines kill the birds. <laughs> Shut Oh, my God. That really gets me going. I just... Th- yeah, no, I, I there's an article I read, like, a year ago that was, like... It was, like, a running list in the New York Times of all of the environmental regulations that the Trump administration has either successfully repealed or tried to repeal, or is like in the process of doing so. A year ago, it was at like 78. I found an article like last week. It's like 100. It's nothing makes me more mad. Well, that's not true. Killing and eating animals makes me pretty mad. But when people repeal environmental regulations, it just really makes my blood boil, especially because it's something that most people are for. Like most people want environmental regulation. Most people want... I think so. I think most people... Well, at the very least, say that they are for green living. Like, even Republicans recycle. What? Oh, sure. But that's not regulations. They're not forced to recycle. Okay, let me put it this I think most people think that we should probably get rid of coal. Maybe I just live in a liberal echo chamber, but I think most people think that. Maybe coal, but I feel like Republicans are generally a fan of reverting environmental Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm being a little naive. Like, when Bush came into office, he, like, reverted the past 20 things that um, Clinton had did. Had done like um yeah making sure the the water was free of contaminants yeah. from like nearby factories. Do you know what Ronald Reagan did? Um, we had solar shit. panels on the White House, I know. and he had them removed. Yeah, that really just which there's really no reason whatsoever for that because it costs extra to have them removed. Oh no, it's to own the libs. Yeah, that's yeah. why. But like to just keep them there. Yeah, dude. What are you even if like. You Republicans don't, you don't do think they work the or whatever. They just, yeah. yeah. It was just to send a message. Just No, 100%. Yeah. And probably because of him and all the other Republican presidents we've had, mm-hmm. we could have probably been having like a much greater electrical 
oh, um, power source or like mm-hmm. solar power source for mm-hmm. the entire country. Yeah. Like 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, it really makes me angry. And I just, it, it sucks too, because I, I nothing's going to get done soon enough. You yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's already too late. We're already losing things, you know? Yeah. that I, That's like the, one of the things that's intentionally designed in the government, but is also infuriating is how mm. slow yeah. everything That's changes. one of the great things about communism. Not a communist, but man, are they efficient. If you want to get something done, I mean, I suppose that's for all authoritarian, just because I suppose if like we talked about communism earlier, but anyways, with any authoritarian society, one of the great things about it is it's very efficient. You need to get something done, you'll get it done. China grew like super fast in a few decades because they just like forced, well, they had a lot of people and um, they can do what they want because the government doesn't really have any checks and balances. So yeah, I mean, like, that's why I sometimes wonder, like, so I found out recently that ecofascism has a different meaning than what I thought it was. What's, what's the meaning? What do you think it was? So, okay. So I thought ecofascism was essentially just fascist environmental policy. Like we're just going to mandate solar power and wind turbines and we're going to force these green actions, right? Were you for or against that? I would be for that. Okay. I would be f- like the same way I would be for banning animal agriculture. Like I would be for all of these green policies by just like, you know, mandating it, right? Not by like, oh, let's vote on it, you know, whatever. Because it's something that I believe is an objective need and there isn't really a downside. If you can present me a reason as to why it would be bad to mandate that other than, oh, people would be upset, I don't care. So that's what I thought ecofascism was, right? I learned recently that it's more of like this ideology that like environmental problems are because the poor people are having too many kids in the third world countries, even though we emit way more emissions than they do. That's essentially what ecofascism is. So then what is the thing to be done? Like the, that ecofascists propose? Yeah. Um, or that we um, implement better population control in poor countries. And we basically just stop the poor people from having babies. Oh, you like eugenics? Yes, basically. Oh, okay. Yes. So not the same as what I thought. What I thought was a great thing. <laughs> so you've been going around calling yourself an ecofascist. Not necessarily. And everybody no, has been no, thinking but, you uh, want to kill my, my, my girlfriend and I would like um, joke like, haha, wish we had some ecofascism you know, to each other. Um, it's a really good thing we didn't like start like posting about it on social media because that would have been bad. Um, but yeah, we had no idea. So you said you, you don't care if like people be upset about ecofascism. No. Do you not care about the fascist part of ecofascism, like subverting democracy and forcing? See, things? I think fascism is bad, but I think okay, let me because I think that you can maybe make an argument as to why ecofascism, as how I thought it was, could be bad. So let me put it this way. Let's do uh, vegan fascism, where we require everyone to be vegan. That I see as no downside other than people being upset. Are you um, familiar with people having health concerns that like makes it so that oh, okay, they are fair. less capable Yeah, you're right. I didn't forget about that. Diets. Wait, they're what? They're less capable of living on vegan diets. Than yeah, okay. Diets. So if you legitimately cannot eat a vegan diet or you have to eat like you, pills like, you for get, You get a card that says that. You show that to the vegan police. And yeah, right. Then you like, can buy your yeah. meats. That I would be okay with, right? Because it's it's a it's an it's a near necessity. Um, that I can see an argument for. But for most Americans who are perfectly fine, perfectly healthy, able bodied people, I would be okay with mandating that and I don't care if you're upset by it because it is a moral emergency. And so I think that in cases of where it is it, it when it's a moral emergency, I'm okay with fascism. The but the reason why that sounds bad is because fascism tends to never be used for good things. It's used to kill people you don't like and to oppress populations. I'm using it to get people to stop killing animals when they don't need to. 
yeah but there's that saying that um like power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely which is true yeah so i mean but and and that's why i wouldn't like say i was like you know president of the united states i would be okay with and obviously this is one of those things where you can't know what you would do or whatever but i would be okay with assuming absolute control to mandate veganism and then resuming back into my traditional presidential roles where i have checks and balances I obviously like once you become an authoritarian leader, yeah. you know, a leader who is capable of mandating things usually doesn't step down. I and, and I recognize that. Um, but what I'm saying is, ideally, that's what I would do. Um, and I understand that I can't know that I wouldn't be like, well, let's do this too before I step down. Oh, let's do this, you know, like because obviously that's a possibility. <laughs> let's and that's, give myself unlimited and, and, term and that's dangerous, which is why I don't necessarily. While I say that I would like vegan fascism i wouldn't advocate for it because of that concern as much as i would like for everyone in the country to be vegan you can't give the power for someone to enforce that because of the issues you presented so it's more of a pipe dream on the other hand though murder is illegal and i don't think anybody ever voted on that one yeah but i think most people in society agree that that's a good idea yeah but so what what point are you making with that just the fact that like you know like we're talking anti-murder fascism yeah like we're already living in a state where There are fascist-esque rules. Despite no actual democratic process, we have certain laws. Like, just from the very founding of the country, it's just murder is illegal. Yeah, so why can't we just include animals in that? Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that would be a perfectly good way to implement the... Yeah, just have it as part of that. Like, I'm not saying... Yeah. But yeah, I guess the fact that it's a new law and would require somebody to demonstrate, like, complete, absolute power, that's dangerous. Yeah. Makes it a lot mm-hmm. difficult to achieve, which is maybe the best way to do it would be when the America inevitably crumbles and falls apart, mm-hmm. whatever new country or countries that rise from its ashes need to start off with killing animals is... Yeah, I would agree. ...a crime. It would be like in our constitution. That'd be great. <laughs> killing people is bad, so is killing animals. Killing. Yeah. Killing is bad. Killing anything without necessity. Is... Yes. Even plants, because even though plants don't feel pain and emotion... I feel like unless there's a good reason to kill it, don't kill it. Yeah, like I, I get really annoyed when people use that whole disingenuous oh, plants feel pain argument. I know. But but yeah, at the same time, it's like if you're going to just chop down a tree for lols, mm-hmm. like don't, that's yeah. just messed up. That's, so do you remember the guy I told you about that I had like a really, between two instances, it was like four hours of debate I had with this guy. I don't know. Um, he was a biology major. He'd already graduated. And he was... Oh, I, I vaguely remember this. Yes, yeah, he was telling me that and I couldn't find anything when I researched this afterwards because obviously in the debate, you know, I'm just going to like be like, okay, so say what we're taking, what you say, because, you know, yeah. he I was saying that plants feel pain and emotions on the same level that animals do, which is ridiculous. I don't know how he got to that conclusion with his biology degree. I don't either. But that's what he was. He was saying because and he was trying to say that it was like similar in the sense that because plants react, you know, yeah. when you do something to them. So to animals and you can't know that it's the stuff that happens to animals is the same as humans. Yeah. His argument was something like that. The chemical reactions. And so I, I messaged, because I don't think he even has the group me app anymore. So, okay, so the reason I knew him, just a quick little backstory. Sure. I'm in the Carroll Democrats Club at school, and the president or VP of activities, she was a senior and her boyfriend had graduated the year before. So he would still come sometimes, you know, come hang out at meetings. I don't even know if that's legal, but <laughs> he did that. You know, nice enough guy. But anyway, so that's that's how I knew him. And so we have a group chat on the GroupMe app, and um, I've never seen him message once in it, but his girlfriend has. So I private messaged her, um, addressing it to her boyfriend and her too, if she's interested. 
Um, but I, I asked, is he saying that plants and animals feel the same amount of pain and therefore it doesn't matter which one I eat because I'm causing suffer regardless? Which or is, is still in an argument that doesn't work. But I, well, I, I know, which was what I was going to get to with him. Um, or is he saying that plants and animals feel the same level of pain? Yeah, so plants and animals feel the same level of pain and I don't care about either of them. Because if he's saying that plants and animals feel the same level of pain, but it doesn't matter because I don't care about either of them, fine. I think you're. you're That's like a, yeah, you can't even have a conversation. Anymore. Yeah, like you. I'm not. I'm not going to debate that with you. Whatever. But if you're saying that plants and animals feel the same level of pain, which isn't true, but if that's the argument you're going with, and so it doesn't matter which one you eat, that that's still advocating for veganism because when you eat a vegan diet, you're consuming, you're responsible for less plant deaths, so to speak. Because you get more calories per acre when you grow animal when you grow plants, so yeah. So I'd ask, so I'd, I'd ask that um, without the uh, without the gotcha part of that because I don't want him to change his position based on realizing that his reasoning is flawed. Yeah. So I want him to answer first, and if he answers that he just doesn't care about either, then you know whatever you, you can be a speciesist to your thing. I'm not gonna you know. What did he, oh like he's, they haven't responded oh, yet. He hasn't responded to that one. Yeah, I I sent the message like two days ago. So yeah, I don't know. That's why like. I don't really fully support the, like, plants have no moral worth. Obviously, they don't feel pain, but I feel like they at least have some moral worth. Because going around destroying things, like inanimate objects, Mm -hmm. like, if I'm just going to break something, why? Yeah, so are are you saying that everything has some level of moral worth then? Some, like, like, yeah, fraction of moral worth. Like, it's better that I don't just destroy that mug on the table Mm -hmm. than if I did. Even though the mug has no feelings. It's just... Like, yeah, and, and I, I don't know if I would call it moral worth, but yeah, I sure, agree with yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's different from with a plant because like mm-hmm. with a cup like that is a representation of some sort of like labor, like somebody had to do work to make that thing mm-hmm. come into existence. Plants like nobody had to really craft it. Yeah. But but still, it's, just, it's just like kind of yeah. deleting energy use in the universe for no good reason. It's like raising entropy yeah. without any cause to do it. Yeah. Like I would just describe it as it's just wasteful. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're destroying plants, right, you're being wasteful because, you know, plants are important to the overall ecosystem. I guess that's what entropy is then. Just yeah. Waste. Yeah. But I, I think that's a more complicated way of it, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and if you're, you know, going around, you know, even if it's an abandoned building, you're going around smashing windows and breaking bricks, like you're contributing to a less pretty looking neighborhood, yeah. which as trivial as it sounds actually has a lot to do with the whole broken windows um yeah like new york crime statistics yeah. thing did you see the thing trump tweeted the other day about like repealing some sort of uh some sort of affordable housing act that ba- he basically was saying that um suburban housewives will be voting for him because he's making it so that it'll be harder for them to build like low-income housing like apartments in suburban areas like saying, oh, you know, scary poor people living yeah. in my suburbia, that that which was extremely, you know, racist and sexist and just bad vibes overall. But yeah, real tweet he made. Real I think that sums up doing. his personality, though. No, it does. Racist, sexist, it didn't and bad, bad vibes. Surprise me, but it kind of did. You know, he's one of those guys where like I'll see something he does, I'll be surprised, and then I'm like, I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and just kind of generally a like a liar and con man. Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I don't were you a fan of Obama? I mean, comparatively speaking, yes. But um my biggest issue with Obama was his foreign policy. I think he was a fine president otherwise. And the thing that sending too many drones to kill people? Exactly. Um and so I one of the things too though is that I wasn't 
I wasn't involved in politics enough to be able to fairly compare him to Trump because frankly, I didn't live the day by day of his presidency. I was eight to 12, you know? So all, all the stuff I know is after the fact, you know, whereas Trump presidency I'm experiencing, like I'm reading the news every day, seeing this stuff, you know? Yeah. So Trump's really the first president that I can say that I've had daily experience with, which is why I grant that, you know, Obama, I may have liked him way more, may have liked him way less. My one big criticism of Obama is the drone strikes on like, you know, well, that and not closing Guantanamo Bay and having a kill list. Those are bad things. You know with the kill list? I don't know. He had a kill list of people who his administration wanted to kill in yeah. the Middle East. Not really any trial. They're just going to kill oh, him with yeah. drone strikes. So kind of part of the drone strike thing. But um, just really awful, you know, establishment Democrat, Republican foreign policy. I mean, I felt kind of the same way about, um, was it Saddam Hussein? Was he the yep. one that was executed with the double tap? <sighs> They found his... I thought Saddam Hussein was... Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden was raided in his home and the and the, they, the Navy Was that like 2012 or something like that? 2010? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Osama bin Laden. Not, not Saddam Hussein. Okay. Everybody was like celebrating yeah. Osama bin Laden's death. Yeah, like it was like, some oh, great America. American... Yeah, yeah. Like, Accomplishment. Victory. Yeah. And it seemed to be like extremely fucked up. You're just going and assassinating people. Like instead of... If, if you think... He, like if he is a criminal like a war so, criminal so, so you're saying osama should have had a trial yeah okay interesting maybe, maybe there's one um i think you're right maybe there's one moral always intrinsically evil thing like like killing someone without a trial or, or yeah or like uh but, but punishing so, someone without trial yeah but but i think though killing someone without a trial is just a context of murder yeah like that's true, so, that's yeah so, it, it's, it's, it, just it, a, it's just a different context pre- yeah that, 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 that's like you know that's true yeah like even even like the most horrible people mm-hmm. deserve some sort of trial yeah no i think that's true because i yeah Osama, you know, confessed on like, you know, TVs like, yeah, I did this stuff, but I, I think you're right. And a lot of people will for say the sake that of integrity, there should have been a trial. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say that's because that's in the um, Constitution or is it one of the Bill of Rights? I don't know. But like right to a fair and speedy trial. But people would say that that only is for American citizens. Yeah, which is stupid. So it's like, what, we can just assassinate anybody else that's in, yeah. in the world? Just... That's so dumb because it's it, it's hypocritical. Like technically, sure, you might be right, but... Just because the cops, like people will say that as if that the constitution is the final word of moral right and wrong. Yeah. Like, sure, maybe that's legally speaking, they can do that. But that doesn't mean they should be kidnapped. Like, I, I read an article about a guy who was in Guantanamo Bay, who was innocent. Like, they just took him in the yeah. night, you know, and he lived in Guantanamo Bay for like 12 years and he was like tortured. And dude, the stuff, have you read anything about what went on in Guantanamo? Not Goes specifics. on in Guantanamo? Oh my God, it's terrible. I know there's torture. Oh, yeah. Okay, so get this. So the one guy I was reading about, one of the things, because like, you know, they know everything about you, right? The government kidnapped you, okay? And they knew because he's a Muslim, right? Having children is very important to their culture, right? One of the things that I guess the guy was self-conscious about was that he hadn't had kids yet, you know, and he was getting up there in age and he hadn't had any children. Did he have a wife? He did have a, I think he had a wife. That doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah, but anyways, so one of the things, he was self-conscious about the fact he didn't have children, right? Especially so because, like, you know, he was deeply Muslim. He was expected to. Yeah. And they would put cradles in his cell to, like, they, they no, they would do yeah, all sorts like psychological of, like, torture. yeah, psychological torture where they, like, taunt him about, like, his insecurities. Yeah. They would, they'll, like, tie you naked to, like, a freezing bar. Like, they'll, they'll do temperature control in the room, too. They'll make you, like, freezing cold or, like, super, super hot. They'll, like, you know, make you fast for several days. Um, they play really, really loud, super like American music, you know, like they'll play like loud, heavy metal. They make Muslims eat pork in there, which like as much as I hate religion, it's kind of 
messed up to make people like eat things that they like intrinsically think are like like because to this guy he's going to hell now because he's eating pork you know i wonder if he actually is according to their um beliefs yeah i think you're forced yeah i i guess i'm not sure about the details on that yeah still very disturbing stuff they did in guantanamo bay is really like unsettling yeah to say the least and it really just government's bad they do bad things they do that's why it makes me so mad with the thing with in yemen about what's going on in yemen so what's going on in Yemen right now is, and I think this is, I think this has been going on since the Obama administration, so I can't say this is just a bad thing on Trump, but it, it's kind of a bad thing on Trump too, because he could stop it, but he hasn't. So we have an arms deal with Saudi Arabia, like a huge arms deal, right? We make a lot of money from it, where we sell them American weapons, and we also refuel their planes midair, right? And Saudi Arabia then uses those planes and those weapons to bomb Yemen. Because there's a war going on in Yemen, right? Where what happened was, because everything's a proxy war in the Middle East, like Iran is funding a Shia militia that overthrew the president in Yemen many, many years ago, a few years ago, who then fled to Saudi Arabia and was like, hey, everybody in the world, I please, please need help. You know, my country's getting taken over because it was a Sunni government and Saudi Arabia is a Sunni government too or whatever, right? Just different sects of Islam. And um, so everybody initially in the world was like, oh, this is bad. Maybe we should help them. So that's how initially these arms deals get started. And so that's what they're fighting about, right? It's just Sunni versus Shia government, essentially stupid stuff. The problem is, is Saudi Arabia repeatedly blows up school buses and schools and hospitals and like family farms. Like I'm talking like, you know, 20 feet garden with some corn and like four people living in a house, just bomb it. They bomb everything. It's so terrible what's happening in Yemen because they get bombed almost daily by like high-grade weapons from all over the world by by uh, Saudi Arabia. And then on top of that, they're also dealing, like they have like a huge issue with like famine right now. People are starving and then coronavirus and they're having like a drought in the region too. Like they're not doing well, right? And so the House or the Senate, one of the two, somebody introduced a bill, right? to withdraw our arms agreement from Saudi Arabia. Like, hey, Saudi Arabia's doing some bad stuff, committing a few war crimes, maybe we should stop giving them weapons. Twice it passed the House and the Senate, and twice Donald Trump vetoed the bill. And that just infuriates me. Like, I just... Because the amount of suffering that's happening in Yemen that you could easily make a... Because most... Because Britain has already withdrawn its arms agreements. Like, I think it's only the U.S. and maybe one other country that still funds them. Do you know if the bill is passed with... Bipartisan yeah. support. Bipartisan support. I mean, it had to have if Mitch McConnell let it pass through the Senate. It like I'm saying, like it passed through the House twice, passed through the Senate twice yeah. because it got vetoed the first time. It's passed twice and he's vetoed it twice. And one of the things that I think is probably related, other than the fact that by just having an arms deal, right, that obviously is gonna boost GDP because of the money we make from it. Yeah, that's all Trump. But on top of that, apparently when Saudi Arabian like officials stay at Trump's hotel in DC, like there's records of them routinely way overpaying. When they go there, you know, and they're not getting a refund. They're just overpaying casually. And then he's like letting them commit war crimes. Yeah. Seems a little fishy. It's all about the more dollars to for America Which and for Trump makes himself. Me so bad. So I feel like that's the uniting factor between everything yeah. Trump does. Just whatever is going to make him look get, good get, get, or well, get more money. Get more money. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know. Make him look good. He was posing in front of a church holding a bible upside down that's what i mean though making him look good but he's just too much he's <laughs> he's doing i'm not saying he's smart i'm just saying he's trying to look good yeah, that trying. made me so mad the fact that they were peaceful protesters in dc 
and they tear gassed and yeah. like practically assaulted these people to push them out of the way so we could walk across the street and take pictures in front of a church. Yeah. That just <laughs> that is fascism. Oh. That really made me mad. But also I because we can Trump is a fascist, right? Because I because I so so yeah, I, I had a discussion with somebody on Facebook the other day because you know those are always good conversations. Yeah. Facebook is always productive. Yeah. And so I, I the Oxford definition, or maybe it was Merriam Webster. I don't know, one of the dictionaries, just the one like comes fascism up. Fascism like, has a very like loose hard to define definition it like. does because really the two defining characteristics of it were central economic power it was it was um nationalism yeah. and uh authoritarianism yeah both of which i think trump either has employed or has tried to employ he's very nationalistic yeah. and um i think tear gassing peaceful protests was pretty authoritarian <laughs> just just my opinion though but yeah so, so I, I think you can safely say Trump is a fascist. Vetoing if not a wanted bills is pretty authoritarian. Too. Yeah, I would say so too, especially if you don't have a. a can vetoes be overturned though, or is that vetoes can be overturned by two thirds majority in the Senate? And they um, didn't get that. I guess not because Republicans hate brown people. I don't know. <laughs> so it didn't. Ha- it wasn't bipartisan enough. I guess not because it was bipartisan enough. That's interesting that you asked that because yeah, it was either well, you know what it could have been too. It could have just been because Mitch McConnell, uh, the little slime ball he is doesn't really like to ruffle trump's feathers yeah. like he literally said in terms of the coronavirus stimulus they are just whatever the white house wants to do they're gonna support so what i'm thinking is you know mitch mcconnell was okay with passing it but if trump vetoes it and doesn't want to do it he's not going to overturn it yeah i suppose that in that way kind of looks good for like their constituents like yeah we voted in favor of this bill and mm-hmm. trump vetoed it that's out of our hands but we voted for it yeah but but they totally could have yeah. Because I I don't know what the numbers were, but I mean, I just can't. <laughs> it gets me going every time I talk about it. Because it's just such an obvious thing. It's such an obvious bad in the world that you could do a significant thing to stop it. And all it takes is a signature. Yeah, but it's also bringing in uh, like probably billions or at least millions. Of... Oh, it's trillions. It's tri- is it trillions? I think it's dollars? a tr- Well, it's either sef- it's several billion or several trillion. It could be a trillion though. Like, That's a Because it's a huge arms deal. Yeah. Because I mean, we're supplying it with jets so, and tanks and drones and missiles. Like, yeah, it's a lot so of stuff. from, I guess, his perspective, it's uh, probably a decent, so chunk, because decent chunk of the money that So the much money we getting. can save by spending less money in our military. Yeah. Like, not only would we just have the money back, but we also wouldn't have to deal with everyone in the Middle East hating us because we bombed their country. And, like, think of all the problems we could solve with that money, putting it elsewhere. I know. Like, education. I know. I know. Like, hospitals. Oh, my God. And if we had UBI. Oh, yeah. Dude. If we slashed military, because I, I think in Yang's plan for UBI, none of the funding for it, it's like $2.8 trillion, right? Which is like a lot of money. But none of the funding from that comes from slashing military spending. If you slash military, it, uh, it comes from, well, it's actually really interesting. I have a diagram on my phone I can show you later. But a lot of it comes because it's supposed to um, replace the existing welfare system. So a lot of it comes from taking out of welfare. You'd still give people the option. They can keep welfare, but nobody's going to. A lot of it comes from a value-added tax, which like a lot of European countries have, where, and I don't fully understand the intricacies of value-added tax. It just makes, like, you know, people explain, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, but I couldn't really relate it to you. But it's essentially like a tax on the different levels of production for companies. So it's it's essentially, it makes it a lot harder for companies to avoid paying taxes. Um, a lot of countries in Europe have it. Uh, but anyway, so it gets paid for. All right, in a reasonable way that doesn't take away from programs people like. But none of it's from the military. We spend like eight or nine hundred billion on the military year so if you were to implement ubi in the way yang wants to which i think would be great you would save tons on healthcare, right because people because one of the one of the big things 
one of the reasons why poor people have large medical expenses is because they can't afford to do do minor visits to the yeah. doctor. So they wait till things get worse and they have to go to the ER. So you would eliminate that, right? So medical expenses would go down. People would be more free to purchase things that they need or would simply, like they can invest in like their house, you know, like if they have like a non-emergency issue in their home, you know, they can fix that. Because like most Americans live paycheck to paycheck, like most, more than 50%, which is awful. That's terrifying, right? So you would solve that issue. And then if you, you know, cut military spending in half, that's an extra just $400 billion you have laying around to then improve education, which is also improved by UBI. Like I think the two greatest policies we can implement in American politics today would be UBI and a slash military spending. And maybe- Not the vegan fascism? No, because of what we discussed before. Yeah. If everyone just became vegan, that would be my number one priority. That'd be awesome. But this not going to happen. Also, defunding the police would be pretty dope too. I'd be cool with that. What do you envision when you say defunding the police? So essentially taking X, because I don't, you know, I don't know the numbers of like different police departments, yeah. but taking X amount of dollars from police departments and redistributing it towards more effective social programs to solve problems that the police are not equipped or trained to solve, right? Police should be solving emergency situations where people are in danger, right? So like if there is an ongoing robbery happening, if someone is being held at gunpoint, anything where someone is in danger, call the police. If there is a mental health issue, if someone is committing a petty crime, we need to have different solutions for that that aren't a guy with a gun who doesn't know any, who doesn't even live in the community. Because I think that's another issue that we have too, is that a lot of times police officers don't live in the communities that they are protecting. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and, and that's how it used to be, right? Is, is they were community led patrols. But now, I mean, you can have a police officer that lives in Manhattan enforcing the law in Brooklyn or Bronx. He doesn't know the people there, you know, or he or she, right? Like, so we need to have local people enforcing local things. Also, I think that a lot of things that are petty crimes should be crimes. Yeah. Parking tickets are stupid. Parking tickets are awful, especially yeah. in Milwaukee. How, mu- how much is a parking ticket in Milwaukee initially? Uh, like twenty five dollars. Oh my dude, it's five in Appleton. What? Yeah, and after I did, and, and I didn't pay it for two weeks, so it went up to twenty. Yeah, it starts at twenty, and then if you don't pay it for like two days, it goes to forty. Um, but it's not even. That. It's just that like you can't park in Milwaukee unless yeah. you have like if you live there and you have a parking mm-hmm. pass for living there, and you can park like two days a month if you go online and sign up for like a parking mm-hmm. pass on a weekend at night. Mm-hmm. But if you need to leave your car overnight. Like, all of the streets have, mm-hmm. like, night parking rules that say, mm-hmm. like, you can't park here from... But you can call it in, right? You, only two, da- two days a week, though. Or two days a month, I mean. <laughs> Appleton, I think that it's four, but it's, like, yeah. a similar thing, yeah. So, like, if you're going to be in Milwaukee overnight, mm-hmm. it better be on a weekend, and it better not be more than twice a month. Otherwise, you're getting... You have to pay $20 for every single day that you do it. And every single street in Milwaukee, at least every single one that I've ever been on, mm-hmm. which is a, a lot of them, have the night parking rules. Like... You might be able to find one or two streets in the entire mm. city where that rule isn't in effect yeah. and you can park there. But most of them, you need to either pay this yearly, like, you know, $150 parking fee or suffer the tickets. So if you're visiting someone in Milwaukee, you're pretty much screwed if you want a car. Dude, parking is stupid. And I'll say, oh, it funds the roads, it funds the parking lots, but there's definitely other ways to do that. Yeah. And when I didn't live in Milwaukee and Adrian did, I would get like several parking tickets a month because I wasn't mm. only going to visit two days a month. Yeah. Dude, that's so stupid. What do you think about speeding tickets? Uh, also stupid. I, I think speeding tickets are really stupid too. Yeah. I don't know. I think there shouldn't really be a speed limit. Yeah. Well, and people speed anyways. Yeah. Speeding tickets don't not make people speed. They just make you slow down when you see a cop. Yeah. 
I think there should there could still be tickets for driving like disorderly or maybe not yeah. even tickets but like patrol could still happen they could pull people over yeah just as inspections or like whatever not not but just like so you know that there's always a chance you'll get pulled over so to disincentivize you from driving drunk yeah or like from like lane splitting at 100 miles yeah. an hour cutting people off like that's bad yeah you know so then like you could still it's not like we get rid of patrol so you could still think like I can't just go driving drunk because mm-hmm. somebody's going to see it and catch me. And then, yeah, keep the drunk driving laws actually probably make them worse. They're super because loose you can, in Wisconsin. You can, in Wisconsin, you oh can drunk God. drive like seven times in a year before you go to jail. I think it's five, actually. Okay, yeah. but still, that's it's still ridiculous. a lot. Five is yeah. a lot. Like California, like you get once and you go to jail yeah. or prison. Wisconsin, it's like four or five times. Yeah. It's like, Not oh, to mention that drunk it. driving is just more common in Wisconsin, too. Well, it's because drinking is more common yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. Like three of the top ten drinking cities in America are in Wisconsin. <laughs> Appleton is actually usually number one. It bounces around in the top three, but Appleton is number one a lot. Wow. We have weird. a lot of bars. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of bars everywhere. No, dude, Appleton's like insane. Like downtown, like the main strip there. You all know? bars. Pretty much. Mostly bars. I don't even know why. Like, I don't. Why do you need that many bars? What is so special about one or the other? There's a lot of. Okay, yeah, I haven't been to Appleton. I'm sure there are more bars there, but I wonder the same thing about yeah. right here where I live. Like, all these bars. Like, yeah. who is going to these places? If I'm sure, if you walk inside, there's two people in there. Like, yeah. how do these bars stay in business, and why are they necessary? That's because they charge a lot of money for alcohol. That's the other thing. Like, because initially, I want to say like I don't understand why people go to bars. Like, why do you pay that much for alcohol? But then people will say like, well, it's you know, it's a place to socialize. But like, you can just. And meet new people, which, like, I guess I get. But I just, I, I personally wouldn't go, but I guess I get why other people then do. I don't know. It's still, like, some social pressure evilness going on. You could you could go to a bar, socialize with people, and buy one drink instead of four or three or two. Mm-hmm. Or you could buy no drinks. The people working at the bar won't like you very much, but... Yeah. You just get I've a water. Get, 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 a, yeah. uh, get a kitty cocktail. Yeah. And, like, there are other places to socialize, too. Yeah. You can go to a coffee shop, and it'll still be expensive, but you can get it something they are cheaper than mm-hmm. that's alcohol. true like i don't think you can get a beer for 210 you can get a coffee for 210 yeah. like anywhere and that, that used to be like the, the place to go back in the olden days a long time ago like 200 years yeah ago. you go to the coffee house that's where the intellectuals oh, really? would go to have philosophical discussions or talk about politics that sounds so nice <laughs> go to the coffee house that's like where, where karl marx would Dude, go with his buddies too. that's awesome that's so cool I wanted to ask you about one thing that you mentioned um, with defunding the police. Um, so you were talking about like taking money from the police and giving it to other social programs that need it more. Do you, do you envision like breaking up the police into different categories? Like, yeah, sure. Because there are like I've recently learned there are sections of criminal or like like policing mm-hmm. that are like seriously underfunded. Mm-hmm. Like some are seriously overfunded. Like yeah. you don't need a SWAT team in every city. Yeah. But yeah. Some some like specifically I'm talking about. Like small sections of, of police and cities that go after after child sexual abuse videos and images online, like that that sort of thing. Like they have no hope yeah. of ever fixing the problem because there's like two guys yeah. in the department yeah. working on it. So I envision if you just blanket defund the police, then certain problems would become a lot worse. Well, yeah. When when yeah. When, when I say defund the police, it's yeah. a catchphrase. Like it's. Well, yeah. No, like... I, I'm totally for defund the police too. I just yeah. Like wanted to know specifically what you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, I'm not going to defund the the child sex crimes unit. Yeah, um, that that's I think an important thing we should fund. Yeah, you know, I think that um, one. Yeah. When I say defund more the police, funding. I'm saying just generally redistribute the money in a more sensical way. Yeah, to say it in the most because any police department can get like a SWAT tank and they don't need one. Yeah, like it's, it's really easy. There's a really good video that I should send you about like the history of police departments in the country. Um, but yeah, it's really easy police to like become like military institutions i remember in high school 
I lived in Waukesha, which is mm-hmm. suburban. Yeah, I go to college there. Yeah, I'm familiar. Oh, yeah, you, you go there. Oh, well, for the listener. Yeah, for the listener. It's a nice, quiet, very Republican suburban town. Yeah. Um, I remember there was some guy who I think either successfully killed himself or was threatening to kill himself. And for that, on my way to school, I was blocked off and had to like go way out of town because there was like a procession of police vehicles and they had a bear cat. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh. It's basically like a tank truck. Think of like the Batmobile from the um, oh, Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, th- th- I think that's what I meant when I said SWAT tank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah bear the cat. bear cats, like yeah. they're crazy. Why did they have that? And they brought it because some guy was threatening to kill himself. You need a mental health professional, not <laughs> I know, a tank. I this know. is what I'm saying. This is what they go in as if point. he's committing a genocide. And yeah, it's like no, you need a like a psychologist, a therapist there. Yeah, the guy's probably freaking out. You need to like have him on a phone call with a hotline right. or with his family members. Like, Literally, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what I mean when I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah they don't I need. Agree. That's ridiculous. Yeah, especially um, in like suburban areas. Like it'd be fine if Milwaukee had the SWAT team, and then if there's something going on that's mm-hmm. actually deserving of it elsewhere you could yeah. send the SWAT team there and what that would take 20 minutes or less mm-hmm. oh i was gonna ask i remember i was gonna ask you something so because i see a lot of people talk about this online and i think it's probably an unpopular opinion that i have do you think we should kill pedophiles no i don't either does a lot of people think that dude so many people on my facebook timeline will be like posting memes about like killing pedophiles and like you know just that and i, I just i feel like we shouldn't do that that is a like clear example of, to me of the punishment does not fit the crime. I don't think you should kill people really as like a punishment. You should probably only yeah. kill people as a prevention of them yeah. killing no, further yeah. people. I agree. Well, and, and I also just think that like people don't draw the line between pedophiles and child abusers. Yeah, not because, every pedophile has actually acted upon yeah. their desires. Yeah, because pedophilia, whether you like it or not, is a legitimate mental disorder. Yeah. You know, like you're sexually attracted to children that is a mental disorder. Okay. I'm not saying when I, because if you say that to people, they'd be like acting like you're like this awful person who like is like a a pedophile apologist. No, pedophilia is a mental disorder. Okay. Being a child abuser is bad though. That should be dealt with. So I think first off, killing people who are just simply sexually attracted to children is wrong in so many ways. Killing people who abuse children is wrong, but like, I understand where you're coming from. You know, like I understand why people have that emotional reaction and want to kill them, but we can't just go around killing people who do bad things. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. Okay, well, I, yeah, okay. A lot of people really just think so. I don't know. Like, I'm not a fan of the death penalty in any, oh, any no, way. Oh, no, same. I think if you already have someone in prison, you don't need to kill them. Like, not to mention the fact it's not a, it's not a useful deterrent. Like, yeah. studies have shown it doesn't actually deter the crime. Yes, I was reading a book about this last year, The Better Angels by Nature. It's, it's about a lot of things, but basically the book is about how humans have gotten more moral over time, whether that's, you know, actually intuitive or forced upon them but mm-hmm. in cases of crime the thing that deters people is not the drasticness of the punishment it's how likely the pun- like they are to get caught mm-hmm. so if somebody is like thinking of robbing a bank mm-hmm. and the punishment is like just death except only 10 percent of bank robbers actually get caught they're really going to do it but if the punishment is just like a fine for three times what you stole mm-hmm. but 90 percent of people get caught they're not going to do it yeah no that, that's a good point that reminds me though the thing I mentioned to you earlier about prison abolition. Oh, yeah. Which is like a topic that I'm interested in, uh, but I haven't, I don't know much about. I just know that Angela Davis is for it. And Angela Davis is like a beast. Who's Angela Davis? Angela Davis is a queen, okay? Angela <laughs> Davis 
was uh, part of the Black Panther Party. She is currently a law professor. I don't remember where, um, but just a great activist. She went to prison for conspiracy to kill someone or something. I don't know. She's pretty cool. Look her up. Did she actually want to kill someone? I think it was. Kind of, I think it was probably a setup by the government. The government assassinated yeah, several Black Panther Party members. It wouldn't surprise me if they also framed her. Well, no, no. What I think it was was there was some other people in the Black Panther Party who had planned like a bombing of some government building, mm. and she was listed as like a conspirator or something. And she was in Cuba for a while. So, anyways, cool lady. You guys should look her up, Angela Davis. Really cool. Um, so that that was kind of like her talking about it has had what had gotten me interested in it. But I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they had a guest on who was a another law professor, and I want to say Georgetown, could be wrong, doesn't really matter, who is a strong prison abolition advocate. So when we talk about prison abolition, right, one of the main rejections that people have, or objections that people have, uh, that I had too, which because it makes sense, right, is, well, what do you do with violent criminals, like yeah. murderers, yeah. right? Murderers are bad. That's scary. You don't want to just free them when we abolish prisons. But the guy pointed out some really interesting statistics. More murderers are free today than are in prison. Do they get let out eventually, right? Well, partially because, yeah, because like the, so the average sentence, the average prison sentence for a murder in this country is 11 and a half years, which isn't that long, which also indicates that they're going to get out at some point. And most don't reoffend. But then on top of that, most murders in this country also go unsolved. Like I don't remember the number. Yeah. I want to say it was like 20 or 30%, but 20 or 30% of murderers get caught. So most of them go free and almost all of them get let out eventually. So when we, if we were to abolish prisons, it wouldn't really be an issue with releasing the murderers, right? You know, and so I was thinking about that when I was driving down here talking about this. Um, so then I guess the extension then of that concern is, well, what do you do with like serial killers and the people who are legitimately crazy who want to kill? And, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not an educated prison abolitionist, but I guess my response to that to would be, you know, um, like if I'm advocating for prison abolition is you'd put those people in some type of psychiatric hospital. Because I think... to prison, in my mind. No, well, yeah, but the th problem is prisons generally aren't well-equipped to handle mental health issues. Neither are the mental hospitals. Yeah, but they're better than... Yeah, well... We they can, could be, though. Yeah, yeah but yeah. we can abolish prison and reform right. mental right. hospitals in the same breath. Like, we probably won't, unfortunately. But, like, you can do that, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a multifaceted issue. But prisons are definitely worse. I mean, in, in solitary confinement, like, they'll just... Yeah, you that is definitely... Solitary confinement's really bad. Yeah. Okay, so what do you do if you act... Like, you catch somebody who committed a murder? You just say, okay, sorry. I mean, Yeah, bye. so th th this is the part that I'm not is sold on because, like... It, you just... People are allowed to commit murders? Is that basically... No, so that's not it. So it's, like, essentially, if you commit a crime... There's um and they actually have this in certain neighborhoods in like New York and other larger cities. You put it in a database where, no. So there's this um thing. It's called uh, I forget what it's called, but it's essentially like sort of like a a peer led like tribal court kind of deal where essentially community members like right a reparations court kind of thing. Yeah, basically. So um, there's a certain city in New York or town or whatever um that has a deal with the DA in the area, right? Where if the victim or the family members of the victim you know if the victim's dead like in the case of murders agrees to it they will do it in this court rather than you know the the actual courts right where they essentially work out some type of way oh it's called restorative justice yeah restorative yeah justice yeah where how, how can they restore the victims you know so yeah. like um and it's you know it's it's been a thing that like they've been doing and it's been effective you know like a lot of times these people are saying like man i would have rather just you know gone to prison for six years this sucks you know and, and it can be a number of things you know it's, it's whatever the victim wants to, wants you to do 
but it's essentially you know if the if the pope and the victim agree to do restorative justice rather than prison then that's what they'll do um so that's one of the proposed alternatives to the traditional criminal justice system with prisons what what about the uh victims who want the person to go to prison but we've abolished well the idea is that there is no prisons and you know that just wouldn't happen it would just all be mandatory restorative justice but also i think that the prisons just generally speaking are kind of stupid because it's like we should have rehabilitation centers, not okay. prisons. This, th- yeah, that's that's the so, thing I was gonna. So talk I suppose about. you could, you know, and this is where you could say like, oh, reform prison, but it's essentially just like you know, prison of a different name. But I mean, it really saddens me how much our society hates criminals. Yeah, like people just think that if you're a criminal, like we don't care about you, and like th- that. That's the other issue too, right? Is like you could solve a lot of issues in prisons if you gave them more money, but no one's gonna win an election running on funding prisons <laughs> oh you want to help criminals yeah like screw you man like, you know, nobody wants to do that but then they want to complain about crime yeah i think like the whole republican angle of like the crime and law has completely warped political campaigns like oh yeah now it's like everything has to be around being like tough on on criminals mm-hmm. especially by the 90s Su- yeah mm-hmm. you'd be suicidal politically if you wanted to yeah run your campaign on that which is really unfortunate and that's why you know cultural change i think is just as important if not more important than le- than legislative change yeah cultural change is a lot more difficult but it's also it fuels you know that kind of stuff yeah so i wouldn't like i don't know i'm still skeptical about um, abolishing prisons mm-hmm. no same yeah it's just something uh, i'm, I'm in favor of going for the uh rehabilitation model yeah and if you want to call that not a prison anymore and you yeah. want to call that equivalent to abolishing prisons then fine but mm-hmm. I, I would still think of it. I mean, it's a place where you're keeping people and they're not, not allowed to leave yeah. until they meet certain requirements, like either in traditional prison, serving their whole sentence yeah. time or rehabilitation, proving that they mm-hmm. are no longer serial killers. You know what I can do, Wade? What? I will read Angela Davis's book on prison abolition and one other pre- prison abolition book of a random choice. And I can come back on as a prison abolition expert do it. and either tell you why it's a great idea or an awful idea. Read the, her book on why it's a good idea and then read another book on why it's a bad idea. That's a good idea. I'll do it. We have been talking for probably like three and a half hours now. Oh, wow. Maybe two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, I thought it was only 2.30. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that was a good conversation. I thought so. We could probably talk about it a lot more, oh, yeah. but we can save that for a future episode. Sounds good to me. I apologize for our conversation about rape um yeah yes yeah. so if that was well you just throw a trigger warning i think that'll yeah. be fine because that was incendiary to anyone I'm i like sorry. that word i really like words i joined a linguistics subreddit on reddit i don't understand half of what these people are. like they're way smarter than me but it's just interesting words are good i used to in high school i'd like every day go on to vocabulary.com and you take little quizzes and you like learn new words that's every so funny day. Yeah. that's awesome and video games help with learning words yeah like it's like like yeah big words old words yeah it sound like rare mysterious. words yeah, yeah totally totally i suppose skyrim's good for the skyrim's such a good game oh it is we could do a podcast talking about skyrim oh that'd be good well thank you for joining me on uh i think this will be episode number four of the regular people podcast actually one question before you go oh yeah do you have a book recommendation oh you just did mention the book but you haven't read that one yet correct so how about a book you have read that you think other people should read Okay, so this is a book. I don't totally agree with its conclusions, but it's an interesting book, and I think that you'll still get something out of it. It's called Endgame by Derek Jensen. It's basically anprim literature. Um, if you're not familiar with the term anprim, it's like anarcho-primitivism no. oh. um, that we should all yes. live in an anarchist um, hunter-gatherer society. Uh, but he makes a lot of really interesting oh points. You, I remember you sent me his first like 
presuppositions or whatever. Or, yeah, he, or his... he lists a bunch of premises at the beginning. Pre- of the yeah, book. premises. Yeah, and because I um, took issue with a few of them. Yeah, well, because he's he's got this thing in the beginning where he talks about how all writers are propagandists, yeah. right? They're all trying to convince you of something. So he was trying to do his best to lay out exactly what he intended to convince you of. And in each chapter, he would address that. Um, and so regardless, even if you don't agree with his conclusions, he points out a lot of interesting anecdotes about just our civilization that I think is really interesting. And he talks about why civilization itself is inherently unsustainable. So interesting read. It does sound interesting. Although I take issue with the use of um, propaganda there because oh. it's true that like authors and really everybody is mm-hmm. taking part in like the war of ideas. Yeah, yeah. You're always trying to... Info wars. <laughs> Not info wars. No. <laughs> But yeah, just like everybody's got their own opinions on things yeah. and you show them to each other and mm-hmm. you know who's whoever has better opinions, mm-hmm. then hopefully you take those ones and then you go fight other people until everybody improves. But the idea of propaganda, yeah, it's trying to sway you to a, a cause, but I think what propaganda actually means, or at least should mean, or should be used to mean, is tricking people into believing a thing. Yeah, trickery. Like, like making people believe a thing through deception mm-hmm. rather than just through logic. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the culturally accepted definition, but I think you're right in the sense that it's not... So, like, if you look up in the dictionary, that's probably not what it says, but I think most people, if you were to ask them what propaganda means, they would say that. What I said? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's so. That's good. Because... You're glad people agree with you, Wade? Well, no, I'm glad people view it that way. Because to say that, like, all authors are propagandists yeah. makes it seem like all authors are trying to deceive you. Yeah. I mean, really, they're just trying to give you good reasons to believe things. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I hope that podcast was enjoyable. I found it enjoyable oh, for the listeners. For the listeners. But yeah, it was enjoyable for me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. 